interrupt this program to bring you a special report. I actually love Kyle. I just love doing that because I know it, it messes with you and it makes me laugh. Um, it makes me so uh, Real sad. talk, I think I think Kyle, like I'm, I'm not even kidding, I think Kyle is one of my favorite origin stories because it's so ridiculous, but it's it's so great. Um, it, yeah, I just, it's a I bit love, ridiculous. I could, I could, I'm not gonna. I know. I could. <laughs> I could. I could never. I could never be that clever and write an origin story that's literally just like Kyle goes out into an alley and Ganthet shows up and gives him the ring. He's like, "Bye, <laughs> see ya." <laughs> I just. I love. Thanks, I dude. love how like simple that is. Doesn't tell him anything. He's just like, "Here you go. Bye. Yeah. See ya." Yeah. Um, did not really no, you know over after? It's been a while since Jessica Cruz. Yeah, I think maybe. Just like dies. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just like, <laughs> what if, what if Ganthet had given him the ring and he's like, I don't, I don't know what to do, and he just kind of threw it away. Because <laughs> like, like, I, I remember thinking, what, where like, would we be like then? A, it's like a, it's almost like a, a retelling of Hal Jordan's origin, where he just got the ring from Evans. Yeah, Evans like, okay, see it, but dead. I know that's and that's the thing. I was nothing. I was thinking it's it's like it's like Abin Sewer, but just the, a shittier version for Kyle where. There's there's no like Abinser, <laughs> you know, final speech like, oh, you must, you know, protect the sector or anything. It's literally just yeah. Gant that's like, here you go, see ya. <laughs> it doesn't even say anything about what the ring is. He's just like, here, take it. You you I think he literally says you shall have to do or something like yeah. that and he just leaves. <laughs> which is <laughs> just it's yeah. just great to me. Uh, I know, yes. <laughs> you you Got the soundboard working. Nineties lantern riders are great. Um, yeah, you know no, what? I, I, I'm I gonna have, say this about Kyle. Lan- Kyle. Uh, I have a very huge soft spot for Kyle. Now, granted, um, I I love Joe Moline and I love Jessica Cruz. Those are way up high on my list. The nostalgia factor keeps Kyle Rayner there, but uh, uh, people love Jessica Cruz because she had fear and anxiety. And still pulled off being a Green Lantern, and everybody yeah. forgets that that started with Kyle. Yeah, yeah, he was the first one that had fear and anxiety. Well, yeah. I what I always loved about Kyle was just like I don't know, you know, Hal Jordan. I mean, Hal Jordan is awesome, and he's the pilot, and he's everything, and he's got the cool aesthetic. But what I really liked about Kyle was like he was literally just some fucking guy who had a ring and had to figure it out. And was just like, yeah. Yeah, well, I don't, I have no idea what I'm doing, but someone gave me a Green Lantern ring, and I'm just like this starving <laughs> artist guy, and I just got to figure it out. Right? I'm like, that is so, that is so great. That's such like a great down to earth kind of story of this guy who has to learn how to be a superhero from basically nothing, and from restart nothing, right? the core from basically nothing. Um, <laughs> so I, I may, I may know, give Kyle a lot of shit, but I, I have a soft spot for uh, our favorite artist. His uh, his um, his constructs are like my favorite constructs by yeah, far. Yeah, no, they're because, awesome. You know, Hal Jordan is, they so match creative. Hal Jordan hardcore. Mm-hmm. John Stewart matches John Stewart's background hardcore. Kyle Rayner's yeah. like mm, dragon. <laughs> yeah, no, my 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 favorite thing is like from JLA. There's that one moment, like the first or second issue, where he's just like. You know, this is what happens when you give a Green Lantern. It's, it's like this is what happens when you give the power of imagination to an anime fan, 
right? Where he's like, <laughs> he has all these crazy constructs because he's an artist, right? And it's like perfect for right? him. Right, exactly. And he can do all this, yeah. you know, crazy wild shit. And um, yeah, no, he's, uh, like I said, it's, uh, he's, a, he's, he's a cool dude. I feel like of, of all mm-hmm. the lanterns, the one that would be the most fun to just like hang out with and, and bro out with would be Kyle. He feels like the most oh, yeah. down to earth one. Like Jordan, yeah. you would, and then the, with how Jordan, you feel like you'd always be kind of intimidated. But Kyle, like you could, you could knock back a beer with that guy. Yeah. There's another lantern out there who you could knock a beer back with probably a hundred of them, but you need to keep roughly a thousand dollars hidden in your wallet for bail money. And yeah. that's Guy Gardner. Yeah. yeah. Cause I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. It's like, you can, you could definitely knock back a beer with Guy, but yeah, you're going to be bailing him out of jail the next day because he's going to get, or yourself <laughs> or, or yourself or, or you're going to be the one who wakes up in a back alley with a black eye. Cause you got into a fight with Guy. Right, you know, you're, you're gonna be the one that wakes yeah. up in the back alley with a Green Lantern ring because the guy lost it drunk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but but oh, Ky- no. Kyle's the guy who's like, if you get drunk in an alley, he'll probably bring you a coffee and say like, "Hey, oh, yeah. I know you got into some shit, but I'll be there for you." <laughs> All right, I'll be right back, guys. One second. Yep. Yeah. Okay, you'll, you'll so so this. I went to uh, Dollarama just before I, I came home. Nice, I was nice. just one by, by my bus stop uh, just to see, because I hadn't been to this one in a while, just to see what books they had. And they had mm. a volume of Mark Wade's Justice League. Ah, yes. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, I don't remember the name of the story, but the, the back cover mentioned that they had all disappeared. And then there was... Oh, their, uh, yeah. Their egos were there, but they were kind of different. I don't know. I never read that. I want to say it's like, um, like Queen of Fables or something. Um, but I, I, I don't remember a ton. But I, I think, I think I remember that story. That is, is that the one that has like Brian Hitch on art? Because I think he was there for a while. No, um, I don't remember all the artists' name, but uh, oh, <coughs> mm-hmm. um, too hot in here uh, for those heavy ass. Yeah, did. Oh, Derek Robertson was credited. I don't know. Oh yeah. Oh um. Oh my God. Um. I think it's like, um, maybe Midsummer's Night Dream or something. Yeah. Um, I think that's, for what? That yeah. Sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. Um. For a for a Mark Wade JLA miniseries from the nineties that that Rob scored yeah. oh. Dollarama. Nice dude. Yeah. I I didn't. I I'll admit I didn't. With Derek Robertson that. on it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Shit. No. I shocking. Right, I mean, this Wade is like and Robertson. That's yeah. This that's this a is like theme. I think maybe around the time, or it might have been like just before Derek goes off to fuck. I keep doing that. Derek Robertson goes off to draw <laughs> Transmetropolitan, if I remember correctly. Um, so yeah, he's like top of his game. Um, <laughs> right on. Right on. Yeah. All right, you guys ready to get? Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 82 of Not A Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show. As always, I have my amazing co-host here with me, Rob Soundoff. Hey, did you guys know the crowd at the Oscars is completely fake? (laughs) They're they're, they're all a bunch of paid actors. Uh, whoa. No shit. <laughs> how, do I, how do I get into this? I'd love to get paid to sit and watch people get awards. Right. I'd, I'd, I'd love to get paid uh, to sit there and watch people get roasted by a host. 
Uh, and Josh, how you doing? Hello, humans. Not too bad. Uh, all right. This week on the show, we will be covering Aquaman, The Becoming, Detective Comics 1053, Flash 779, Green Lantern number 11, and Nightwing 89, as well as a few spotlight titles that we'd like to mention before we get into our main reviews. Of course, make sure you stick around until the end of each episode to hear our top three books of the week, The Biggest Stinker, and to find out which titles might just make the dump list. If you'd like to support us further, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR podcast for either a one-time donation or subscription to our Discord, as well as other exclusives as well as other exclusive content available on the network. Uh, with that out of the way, let's get into some news for this week. Guys, what's new uh, with you? Yeah, the weather sucks today. Yeah, right. Join the club. Uh, <laughs> We're all getting hit, man. I got severe yeah. thunderstorms to the uh, severe thunderstorms oh. to the right of me. I got oh, severe geez. tornado warnings to the left of me. I'm right yeah. in the middle, so I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Thunder been tornadoes. shitty, shitty gray rain weather all day. It's just like depressing to go yeah. outside. It's yeah, gonna it's be like a shark in England all year round. Not <laughs> cool. I know. <laughs> they know it's true uh, <laughs> alright what do we got for comic news well um, yeah Rob you want to go first <laughs> yeah uh, alright um, yeah we'll, we'll get the yeah we'll, we'll get the big one out of the way uh, Hero Initiative came in clutch uh, with oh yeah they did 7,000 copies are getting reprinted of JLA Avengers and all proceeds I honestly have not seen I think it's going to some kind of research or charity I've not seen what it is but mm. 7,000 copies I, I'm run. sure it's directly related to him oh yeah 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 um but yeah the really the the project is you know in honor of of uh, George Perez who is you mm-hmm. know the artist of JLA Avengers and incredible yeah it was a name being passed 100%. around today on Twitter as well about uh, I, she's a senior editor at DC. I don't remember her name right now. Uh, who basically uh, got Marie Javins, I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And well, she, thank you, Marie, because that happen. was pretty awesome, and we yeah. all want it. And yes, we're probably not going to get it, but yeah. um, <laughs> I, I really want to get my hands on it, man, because of all everything that's supposed to be in it. That oh. Uh, Dude, it's gonna be so sad. Yeah, it's if you if you go to the dccomics.com uh, website, they've put out you know a blog post about it, and it's going into detail, like Josh said, on all the special little treats that are gonna be in it, including the never before reprinted original pages from the planned 1980s JLA Avengers crossover that George Perez himself actually drew before they you know canceled it for whatever BS reasons they had, and then. Mm later did the official JLA Avengers in 04. So, um, like, the the pictures have been swirling around online for God knows how long, but they're actually going to be reprinted in a book with, you know, four words from, uh, I think, Kurt Busiek and, um, uh, like, Stan Lee, obviously, um, you know, posthumously and all that stuff. And, again, all of it is, is in honor of, uh, of the incredible... Just wonderful George Perez. Um, and, uh, 
It's uh, Josh. Not sent just that, a great that, creator, but a damn good yeah, person. Oh, just yeah. an amazing person, yeah, and, and nice Josh guy. sent that story today, and it was it was hard not to uh, not to cry a little bit because um, it's you can tell how honored I think George is of just um, having this finally be you know repackaged and repurposed, just an amazing piece of work for an amazing person. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh man, it, it wasn't me that shared it. It was actually uh, Tom, Rob's dad, that oh, shared that's it right. inside yeah. of our Discord. Yeah. And I woke up to that. Uh, I was like, "Oh man, uh, this is." Yeah. It was uh, touching. It was, you know, it brings sad, but it was touching. And I was, I, I'm not even gonna lie, dude. I got a little emotional. Yeah, just the look on. You can only see part of his face because of the face mask, but the look is just so touching. Uh. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you, Marie. And as always, thank you, George, for putting this yes. out and fuck everything that George Perez has done. I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I don't like that he's touched. Yeah. Not a thing. <laughs> Not a thing, man. No. But, uh, yeah, thanks for that. And I can't wait. Hopefully, hope, I know I've contacted my LCS and they've already told me they are not getting one. Oh, oh man. That's yeah, tell me about it. So uh, I called well, up I, the one that was an hour and 20 minutes away. Oh. And they are not getting one. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean I don't want it, but it doesn't look like it's happening. Uh, well, listen, I, I was That's able to call my LCS, and thankfully the shop owner that I know is is a pretty cool guy and was able to order me a copy. So I will see if it's possible to get an extra copy, and maybe I can forward that one to you because I feel like this is this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I know that gets tossed around a lot, but honestly, like I think everyone was just had basically given up on the possibility of them ever reprinting this collection because of the, you know, bs politics between marvel and dc and so like i said if if i can if i can get an extra copy i uh i definitely would love to to hopefully maybe send you one because it's it's an amazing thing and uh um, oh yeah i would love everyone (laughs) i feel like like everyone should uh should at least try and be able to have some way to get their hands on it it's uh it's it's, like i said it's it's a once in a lifetime thing it's not even just for speculators just as as a tribute to the amazing george perez this could very, very well be the very last time, and it more than likely is, that we will ever mm. see the words DC and Marvel on a cover yeah, ever again. Unless that stupid rumor about DC from <laughs> Rich Johnson comes true, which is, oh, yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, well, that's, that's I don't trust a word that comes out that guy's mouth, though. No. <laughs> There's been absolutely no news regarding a DC merger. Do not believe anything you're reading online. No. Exactly. I, I'm I'm, I'm still waiting Especially for the... Especially from the, Rich Johnson. Yeah. I'm still waiting for the, the Wally West Suicide Squad book that he had promised years ago um, after right. he was in crisis. <laughs> he beat that thing into the ground. I know, because he was yelling at me in Reddit comments about it. Um, oh, so. really? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Rich, Rich Johnston, Rich Johnston, despite having a, a website that functions on its own and and really has little need to interact with other people, 
uh, is very active when he posts on Reddit or any other forum. So if you ever respond mm-hmm. to him, trust that you will hear back. Um, what, do you like, know what his username is? Because I, I frequent that stuff Oh my god. Yeah, no, I uh, I think it's just I think it's just like Rich Johnston, honestly. Um, but oh, yeah. yeah, there was there was that there was the Shazadam thing that went on for way too long, just nonsense. Yeah, I remember Shazadam too. Jesus oh, Lord, yeah. Yep, like I said, um, you could trust Rich Johnston about as much as you can trust a website called ComicsBooks.com. And you can't trust them. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. all right. Well, what else is going on in the comic uh, world today? Oh God, so much. Uh, there's been a new Batman book announced. Uh, oh, good. Gary, we didn't have Gary enough Gary of those. Oh, oh my God! Right. Holy cow! <laughs> it's the thing everybody's oh. been asking for. Uh, but, but the creative team does look really good and the story does sound interesting despite the fact that it's another Batman book uh, this is from Gary Witta and Derek Robertson and it's called Batman Fortress yeah. uh, and in the story Earth is being invaded Superman and the Justice League are gone and Batman has the Fortress of Solitude to himself or at least maybe no Superman is gone and, and Batman has the Fortress to himself and he's trying to save the world from there which it does sound very interesting. It might not be your typical Batman story, so maybe it's it's be a, a breath of fresh bat air, if you will. Uh, yeah, we'll I don't look, know. Look at that in May. It's coming out. Yeah, in May. I don't know. I just I, I looked at it and I was like, why does this have to be Batman? You could have had any you DC know. character do this. You could have had Plastic Man with the same premise yeah, I, I would have loved uh, to have seen i, I don't that. know if i'd want plastic man running point during an alien invasion i i would i would plastic love nothing man, more <laughs> I, plastic I would, man I would, is yeah. quite definitely quite definitely the strongest dc hero ever <laughs> the yeah. most powerful dc yes. hero ever yeah yes. i can definitely agree with that but i, I prefer him on the the battlefield than behind a computer telling people i, I would love nothing more than to see plastic man calling the shots in the fortress of solitude just trying to direct the justice league amidst chaos that would be that would be a great seven issue series you could get gail simone to write that same art oh, yes. it would be incredibly yes. entertaining um I'm i just so i read this and i was now. like why 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 does this have to be batman you could have had any member of the justice league step up to the plate but i don't know I right guess it's because batman makes money so, who am I to argue? Apparently. Uh, uh, since you brought up May, I'm just going to drop in here right in the middle of it. May 10th, I got some good news. Milestone is releasing Blood Syndicate Season 1. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, Fade Tech 9 and Wise Son. Oh, that's awesome. Jeffrey Thorne, Juan Hello. Castro, and Criss Cross is on that one. Super happy. My, my hope. My hope is they can bring back Shadow Cabinet at some point. Just have like a full, full, you know, superhero team for the new Milestone universe. But, you know, wishful thinking. Uh, I I have nothing but wishful thinking going on here, man. They're just loading the Dakota verse up, and it's I. There's not been an issue out of static or hardware that I have had an uh, had a problem with at all. 
They're all really super enjoyable, and that's got me really looking forward to Blood Syndicate because Blood Syndicate was a awesome book back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gotta be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of milestone, that actually brings me to another point. Uh, DC editor Andrea Shea was teasing on Twitter today about an announcement that was coming uh, not two hours, less than two hours ago, actually. And it takes place in the Dakota verse as well on Earth M, they're calling it. And it is Duo uh, from Greg, Greg Pack, Koi Fam, and Scott Hanna. That is about that uh, Asian couple that was in uh, Milestone Returns, number one. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so we're, we're finally getting a book featuring that couple. Uh, it's a kick-ass sci-fi cool. Earth M comic is how it's being described. That looks cool. That's also coming mm-hmm. in May. Yeah. Now, Earth M is strictly for the Dakotaverse at this time. Yeah. They have yeah. no yeah. plans to um, uh, to have crossovers between DC and Milestone, but there's a very hem- heavy emphasis on the word yet. Yeah. So, well, I, I, I have wonder, a feeling I that we're going to have them... Ast- Establish themselves first. Oh yeah. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how they're gonna do it. Just because they had kind of integrated the older Milestone characters into the DC universe after Final Crisis, so you had like Static on the Teen Titans, which was super cool, and then you had like this really fun crossover between the Justice League and Shadow Cabinet um, that Dwayne McDuffie mm-hmm. actually wrote, which is pretty good. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I hope I hope there's a way that they can kind of like reintegrate all of it, or or maybe you know have like a, a have have those characters that are already established in the DC universe, like the milestone characters are already in the DC universe. But then they kind of do like an ultimate universe thing, or like a, a Spider-Man thing, where the DC versions of the milestone characters meet the new Earth M versions. So you have like the Static who's on the Teen Titans meet the newer, younger version of Static from Earth M. Um, I think oh, you could thanks. do some really fun like, yes, multiversal please. stuff with yeah. that, um, but I don't, I don't know how far that would they, be cool planning to go. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I'm okay with them leaving Earth M as Earth M. Like, mm. like have. Oh yeah, I don't have a problem with whatnot, them, but don't don't reintegrate yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Like have have Earth M as Earth M. It doesn't have to yeah, be if... part of the larger universe. I think there's a lot that they can do with it, um, and yeah, not necessarily have to integrate it. It's just like, yeah. you know, the interesting stuff that that they could potentially go with. Mm-hmm. Uh, two more things I had. Uh, Peacemaker season two was announced a couple of days ago, so that is on the way. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I believe if there was, I think they said next year. I could be making that up. Don't quote me. Uh, but that's exciting. Peacemaker, what a friggin' show! I'm not, I'm not mm. caught up whatsoever. But my God, is it so good? <laughs> oh, I'm caught up, and it is yeah. awesome. I love it. Yeah. He's, and I never thought I would. I'm not yeah. a John Cena fan, and I thought Peacemaker was one of the dumbest fucking characters ever. But oh. he has made it amazing. <laughs> And I love yeah. it. I love it a lot. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to get you some of the old Charlton Peacemaker stuff. See if you can actually read that. I have. 
I have read some <laughs> of really? the very old oh, originals. Wow. Yes, I have. Oh man. And it is that's even what I I'm haven't saying. done that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, the only the oh only boy. peacemaker stuff I know is like that and I think there was a like a mini series from the eighties where I want to say like Paul Kupperberg. And that's one of those Late things 80s, that you just see. Yeah, and it's like that's one of those things that you just see and you're like, Oh, whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, 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 I could not I could not care less. I'll 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 get peace no matter how many people I have to kill. I mean, yeah, eh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want to shit on the Charlton guys, so. but let's let's be honest. The only decent things that came out of that were like Captain Adam, Question, and Blue Beetle. Yeah. You're gonna think this I'm... is absolutely insane, but my wife's great grandmother was third cousins with the people who started Charlton Comics. Are you serious? Oh, well, now I feel yep. even worse. <laughs> don't. <laughs> I mean, there's I don't a good know. reason why I'm shit talking it. <laughs> I feel like they know that, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know that I, I could ever say that to someone's face, someone that actually was a part of Charleston. Um, but Oh, Charleston. They're, they're not part of Charleston anymore. That's for damn sure. Yeah, Charleston. no. Yeah. That hasn't yeah. been around in a long-ass time. Yeah. All right, the, the last thing. Also, okay, I'll say second last thing. Um, I I was keeping this as a secret from you guys. This was announced today. You might have heard about it. Oh, uh, Rom V. I'm, I'm a frustrated. Damn war. it! Uh, yes. <laughs> Someone in the background. I am so excited. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. I had a whole intro doing... for that too. I got to delete okay, it. Okay, well, well, I will not continue. I'll let you do it then. <laughs> no, 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 I no, just, no. It's okay. You already, you already gave it away. You already gave it away. No, no I want to hear this intro. <laughs> no, no, no. It was, it was nothing fancy. It was, it was literally just like uh, from a from a dream team you never would have expected, but that you absolutely you know, right? want. Rom V and yes. Christian Ward have announced a new yeah. horror themed Aquaman book called Aquaman Andromeda, um, that looks absolutely stellar. That was that was black it, really. label adults only psychological horror. Yes. Man, that yeah. sounds so yeah, cool. Yeah, especially for Aquaman. Team, I, mean, I never thought mm-hmm. you'd want. Yeah. it's also a genre and character you never think you would fit. Yeah, Aquaman that's that's what I'm horror. most excited about a, a horror themed yeah. Aquaman book. I don't even know what that looks like. It looks uh, pretty. It looks like it what looks the trench like. movie was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. 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 Minus James Wan. Yes. (laughs) I guess he's technically a horror director, but, you know. Ish. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Whether that's true or not, it's up to you. Yeah. Depends on how. The the only other thing I could say today, uh, and I think this is actually one year to the day, if my math is correct, if I remember correctly. Uh, this is the one year, almost to the date, that Brandon and I have been doing this show with Josh. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Yeah. Ugh. And Josh, I just want to say thank you for giving us this opportunity. I, I don't know if Brandon yeah. feels the same way, but I'm sure he does. This has been a hell of a fun year. I, I feel absolutely the same way. And, I mean, honestly, I, I would even take it a step further. It's It's been you know, one of the highlights of my life for the past year. Um, going to go all sappy now. Um, but no, honestly, it's it's just been so fun to have this kind of consistent thing of just talking comics with people that I really enjoy talking to for the last year. And 
I never had that before where I could just sit and, and chat about comics bullshit, pop culture stuff and laugh and make jokes. So it's it's been amazing and I'm I'm still just so thankful and grateful that you were willing to, to invite us onto the show. Hey man, I you know what? I was looking for the same thing. I wanted like minded people, even if we didn't have the same opinions, comic fans. Just to be able to get together and talk, man. Because I'm in my mid-40s and I live in the South. So as you can imagine, the only people who are comic book fans down here have watched MCU movies. So yeah. <laughs> there's not a whole lot of people to talk to. And uh, that, I mean, that's why we got this podcast going. And, um, you know, we, we, I, I, we uh, to talk to you guys individually. And I liked who you were on the phone. So... That's why you're here, and you guys have become not just co-hosts but friends as well. And I'm 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 so glad that you've stuck around for a year throughout all of this podcast, and uh, hopefully we can keep you guys on until you become famous for writing that Kyle Rayner Green Lantern story. <laughs> oh man, yeah. If this if this video gets posted in full, you'll get to hear all about my crazy dream of Rob and I writing a <laughs> six issue Green Lantern series featuring Kyle Rayner. Which I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there could be something there. Um, but no, honestly, it's uh, it's 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 been really great. And um, actually, I wish I could share my screen because I was Rob. You were mentioning it's almost to the day, but I was going through my calendar just to kind of see, um, you know, when we had our, our first session. And I actually have on February twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. I have a podcast recording session from 6 to 7.30, so I had it marked down. I was so excited. Um, and it's been a long, Hell long yeah. way since then, but um, I'm so glad that uh, that you guys have been willing to put up with me for a year and, and uh, just have a great time. And uh, it, it extends to everyone on the network. They've been amazing, and it's mm -hmm. been so nice meeting everyone. And it's like did, I said, it's been the highlight of my that, life Rob? for the past year. He's like, thank you for putting up with the librarian. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, not a, not a lot of people not a lot of people can put up with me going on random bullshit tangents about random comic stuff, and uh, I'm I'm just glad that I, have, I have people that I can call friends and actually talk to about this. So uh, we're getting all sappy now. Um, we got to talk about something. Have, dark. have you heard me? Have you met me before? <laughs> and you're talking about being able to go on tangents. Uh, <laughs> Well, I, I will say this. I don't think I'd ever heard someone go on rants about Bendis or King or anything quite like you have ever in my life. So yeah. even even well, if, it, if, it, if, it, if it gets me a little anxious at times, it's been, uh, it's been amazing. We got any other kind of comic news going on? Now that we're done being all emotional and shit? <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. Uh, yeah. On a serious yeah, note, it is it is awesome to be able to call you guys friends. Absolutely. Now we can move on to the comics. Yeah, now we can talk about the comics. You got any other news, Brandon? Um, not at the moment. Um, I mean, the, really, the only two things I had were the JLA Avengers story and uh, um, Aquaman Andromeda both of which Rob stole from me, so I don't oh, have anything sure. else. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. No, it's well, okay. There was something you brought up, unless Josh was going to talk about it. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll bring that up in a second, I believe. 
about uh, unless you're a certain, not a certain talking series about. where we were uh, yeah but first let the... me okay Tea? yeah oh we're good yeah. but uh first let me get to this if if you're not reading norse mythology 3 i don't know what you are doing but you are doing it <laughs> wrong <laughs> that's it um Second, I want to mention Supergirl number eight. As I expected, it ended rather sucky. This book honestly should have been called Ruthie, Woman on a Different Planet featuring Supergirl. Uh, The crypto thing, the weird inclusion of comment, all all of that just leading up to an ending where it almost feels hypocritical of the entire previous seven issues. I felt I came and this isn't me just shit talking Tom King, but I came away feeling like this was the comic equivalent of Smelly Shoes. <laughs> well, that's not great but, to hear. Uh, I actually I haven't had a chance to read Superhero One of Tomorrow Eight just yet. Um, but I I'm I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping that the ending isn't too terrible, but this isn't filling me with a lot of hope because I really have been well, digging that series so far. That's I, that I didn't want to give it too much, and you know how I am. Me and you typically have wildly different opinions about Tom yeah. King books. <laughs> ah, <for> yes. <laughs> yeah, that was oh, yeah. that was a rough one. I'm in. But uh, speaking of smelly shoes, and um, seriously, hold on tight because this is huge news. I found it on four different websites. Oh, in Dark Crisis. There is something incredibly shocking happening to Hal Jordan. No, they're turning his boots no. white. Oh, I did I see that. I did that see made that. News on four <laughs> different oh websites. Yeah, that's. Not- but I, I thought I a significant change to Hal Jordan. <laughs> I thought okay, I thought I was going crazy. Sites. But that was CBR it's- and Screen Rant and yeah. Game Rant and probably yeah cool. yeah. God. Cosmic Book News. Oh, God. They, yeah. the Cosmic yeah. Book News reported that they were turning it purple. Um, yeah. <laughs> but there were uh, also just a real quick reminder that we have only three more issues until the Justice League dies. Um, we also, apparently, next week's uh, TTA number 12, we are actually going to see Red X's face on the page. And from what I understand, at 15, it's going to be ended. I guess that was yes. just announced today. Um, yes, yeah. I'm curious as to whether or not it was canceled or if this was the plan all along. Because I we think... do seem to be moving close to the, almost like the future state feel of where TTA was headed. Yeah, I think I think Tim Sheridan had mentioned somewhere that it, it was planned to go to 12, but they had chosen to extend it for a couple issues, probably because of the Earth-3 crossover, and then basically just kind of wrap it up at 15 um, once all that's, you know, spoken for. Um, so, you, yeah, you could basically have your crossover issue or issues and then have, like, a final send-off issue, and then you're done. Hell yeah. Um, speaking of books that we are covering, and without spoiling anything, I stumbled upon a solicit on accident and uh it definitely made me do some wondering uh i'm just gonna say this though next week's robin had better be done very well and that's all i'm gonna say about it because i didn't like what i had to see (laughs) interesting yeah 
Now, um, I got one more piece of news <laughs> yeah, I'm, before I'm I got looking a... at it now. <laughs> um, you two, uh, have you heard about the Flashpoint Beyond coming up? Because I had yeah. not heard of it. Yeah. Really? Oh wow. I, did we did we not announce yeah, it? Uh, well, if we did, it's, I'm sure I forgot it, which is the uh, c- cool thing about memory loss is you find new yeah. shit all the time. Well, <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I, I hardly even remember talking about it, honestly. We might have just talked about it in Discord, so that may not be you. Um, but yeah, no, Flashpoint Beyond, right. super cool. Yeah, I, I guess Dr. Batman's got a lot of fans, man. And what a team, yeah. dude. Jeff Johns, Jeremy Adams, Tim Sheridan, Eduardo Riso, and Zermanico. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Oh man, the the Flashpoint yep. Batman book that Azarello and Riso did was like, oh, it's just so good. So seeing him do more yep. Doctor Batman stuff is gonna be awesome. <laughs> yeah, and no screwed up timeline here from Barry or anything. It's just following yeah. Doctor Batman. Uh, uh, and I think I think there's a variant cover that was released. This isn't really news, but there was a variant cover I think that was released for issue one or issue two by David Marquez, and it's really amazing. Awesome. Hell yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, that's a damn good team. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right, and this this last one is for Rob. (laughs) IDW announced that they're very... Because they lost licensing, not just to this comic, but also G.I. Joe... Uh, they announced that they are doing their last Transformers run. Um, the last one that they will be publishing anyway. Transformers Last Bot Standing. And from what I understand, it's a Transformer version of Old Man Logan. I'm hoping it'll be cool. I'm hoping it will be cool. How do you feel about that, Rob? Uh, oh, well, <laughs> before I get into my big rant that I wrote down earlier... Uh, that I entertain <laughs> with. Uh, I, I haven't read everything IDW's put out. My my history of Transformers and IDW has been spotty at best. I read pretty much everything from Beast Wars they've ever put out, and I've read the occasional issue or two and series or two from Transformers, the main series Transformers. But there's been some pretty good shit, and the writer and artist they have are classics with the series so i have no doubt my mind is going to be good i just really hope from the solicitations that they do it right and do it justice and have it make sense with the overall timeline because if you're a longtime transformers watcher reader enjoyer like myself and i believe kirk is you damn well know Autobots that the descendants rule. are the maximals and predacons so if you're having the last bot standing, and this book is supposed to be way down the line, the last Cybertronian to ever exist, as the last light fades from the universe, it cannot be an Autobot or Decepticon. It could, but it shouldn't. It should be a Maximal or Predacon. The difference is, this is not a Beast Wars book. This is a Transformers mainline book, which means they're going to say yep. fuck it to that timeline and is going to be Soundwave. Because if it's Optimus Prime, that sucks. He's Orion Pax now. They wrote that. <laughs> Stick to that news. He's Orion Pax. The war ended. He flew off to parts unknown. That's the last I read, and I think the universe reset after that. But it's really hard to keep track. It's really confusing. So 
take me with a grain of salt. I think, but... yeah, I think Optimus Prime being the last one around, regardless of previous comic stories, is just so fucking predictable. It would be a waste yeah. of people's time. Yeah. They do make it sound like this bot is heroic and not selfish and evil. So as much as I would think Soundwave would be the coolest choice in terms of just having all of recorded Cybertronian history in his databanks and just left to wander the cosmos, being the only Cybertronian left, knowing he's the last one to hold the stories. That just sounds heavy. And I think that'd be cool to see, but it, it doesn't sound heroic. So it is going to be a good person. I think Rhinox. Let's hope so. I hope Rhinox. If it's a maximal, make it Rhinox. Because Beast Machines fucked him hard. There's a lot of people out there that <laughs> like Beast Machines, and I didn't mind it, but my god, they gave Rhinox the shaft. <sighs> yeah. It's, you know what it is? It is Soundwave, and he's going to eventually, at the end of the run, he's going to meet some aliens, and he's going to, as he's shutting down and dying, he's going to pop his cassette tape out, and then the last spark is going to fade from his body. And the aliens that he met are going to pick it up and go, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Because they don't, they've never seen a cassette plate before. Nope. <laughs> yep. So the entirety of Earth and all of Cybertron's history will all be lost to spooled recorded tape. Personal unless, unless the cassette <laughs> tape is like Ravage or Laserbeak. In which case, that could be a Transformer. But I, I'm very spotty on my knowledge of if they have sparks or not. Ravage is a conundrum. I thought anyway, all Transformers had spark. It could be, but I always thought I always figured Laserbeak was like a drone. Hmm. I don't. Know. I never even considered that. Transformers are super complicated, y'all. <laughs> super complicated. <laughs> Super complicated. More complicated than... Say again? The timeline's reset. Like, more than DC's timeline has reset. (laughs) No way. Oh, yeah. That's a lot. (laughs) If you figure every new version of the Transformers is uh, technically a new timeline, and I'm counting the Michael Bay movies in this, too, and even in the Michael Bay movies, there's, like, three freaking timelines. Yeah. Yeah. And one of them has wrapping toasters, which is not okay. <laughs> uh, God, yeah. <laughs> so, are, what do you think ultimately, Rob? Are you happy about this last go round with IDW? Are you excited about the thing, or are you more pissed off and nervous about it? I, I'm not nervous, but I'm pissed off that it's ending. I, I don't like that IDW's lost the licensing, as I'm sure a lot of Transformers fans are not, because they've been doing this for over 15 years, I believe. And like I said, they've written some solid stuff. So it, it's just a damn shame to see it go. We finally got a Beast Wars comic, which actually takes place during the friggin' Beast Wars. And we get a year's worth now, and now we find out it's going to be canceled soon because they lost the licensing. Well, that's fucking great. 
not many people have been happy with Josh Bertram's art. While I think he's a great artist, it just doesn't fit the story and the characters. And I can agree with a lot of everybody's criticisms of it. But my god, I was happy just to have a book featuring the Maximals and Predacons having a war. I thought that was great. And now it's gone again. So mm-hmm. I, I'm excited for this grand bow out of the series uh, and see where they go with it and see what's going to happen. And I am super excited to see who might pick up the licensing deal for the comics in the future. Uh, if it goes back to Marvel, I think they did magic with Star Wars, so maybe they'll make some more magic with Transformers. We shall see. That's about all we can hope for. It's a, it's a little bit different. Brandon's staying out of this conversation. I, it I could have get really to heated, add to but this I think... conversation. <laughs> I I know next Robin. to nothing about Transformers, so everything <laughs> that you say, I'm just I'm like, yep, yep, that that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rob Rob is the Transformer guy. I'm the He Man guy, and Brandon does everything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go deep on comics, but uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know. I I never really got into Transformers. I guess I I had a friend who's really into it, but um, I kind I kind of wish I had. I had some of the toys, but I don't think I ever got deep into the lore. Maybe maybe because I I feel like I I was a hypocrite where I was probably like, yeah, I can get behind comics. That's no problem. Sure, it might seem confusing, but I can do it. And then I look at Transformers, I'm like, nope, it's too confusing. I don't want to try. <laughs> uh, full disclosure, if, if you're ever interested in giving it a shot, being a 90s kid as I am, and same with Kirk, mm. I, I don't know if this was Kirk's start, but I imagine it was because we're about the same age. Uh, we got our start with Beast Wars, as mm. I, I will always talk about. And I recently did a rewatch of the, all three seasons, the entire series, and nice. it right still on. holds up to this day, and it is some of the most heartfelt, gut-wrenching, action-packed, make you tear up because you're like, "Why, Dinobot?" <laughs> the, you'll ever friggin' see oh. it is so good, and it is a pinnacle to this day of CGI animation. It was made in 1994 <laughs> from a small studio in British Columbia somewhere, and it still holds oh, up wow. to this day. Yeah, I I will give you that. It looks it does look damn good, especially from the era mm-hmm. that it came from. Yeah. I I'm not as huge of a of a Transformers fan as Rob is, but I am old enough to have gotten my kickoff with the original cartoon series. Have you guys ever seen the um the movie? Yeah, when only I saw once. That, I, I, and uh, I, yeah, that that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> was good the first 10 minutes was like what the fuck this is for kids yeah (laughs) i was i was right i think i said before but i I was shown the movie with no context i knew (laughs) nothing about the transformers so it was literally just like wow this is this was for kids this is really dark um and sad He's he's fucking dying like yeah already? it's like what the <laughs> like you have this this emotional death with um Optimus Prime I think it was I was like oh my yeah. god what yeah what is this yeah. I thought this was supposed to be like a lighthearted show or something you know? oh it was no like three seasons of the series before the movie came out with Optimus winning the day every every episode yeah. it's like a it's a Saturday morning cartoon 
and it's happy-go-lucky, and then boom, nah, death is permanent. Oh, right. Eat that. Said, ha ha, fooled you. <laughs> yeah. yeah you remember the, you remember that the that goofy character Hot Rod? Yeah. Now he's the leader. Suck on All that, right. not Bumblebee. So what? Yeah, no, it's just mind blowing. <laughs> Indeed it is. Well, I guess that is it for all of the news. Shall we shine a little spotlight on some of the special issues this week? We probably should. That might be a a good place to go next, Uh, starting with everyone's favorite character, Batman. Uh, You can never get enough of (laughs) Batman. Uh, So this week, one of our spotlight titles is Batman the Night Number 2, written by Chip Zdarsky with art from Carmine DiGiandomenico, Really hope I said that right. Um, with colors <laughs> from Yvonne Placencia and letters from Pat Brosu. Um, to summarize this issue, it's uh, it's pretty straightforward, actually. I mean, Bruce Wayne is on his journey in Paris. Um, his next step, feeling a little bit of guilt that he sort of just took off and didn't tell Alfred, but he knew that Alfred wouldn't approve. Um, but the issue just sort of revolves around him and his his training in France and meeting the Catwoman that is not Catwoman, but is basically the Catwoman type figure that is going to, um, I don't know, get him going on his, his journey of how to flirt with women while they steal. Um, <laughs> right. So, yeah. It's, it's, I'm um, going to say this is this is why he had a soft spot for Selena from the get go. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm I'm thinking like this is this is where it started, you know, this is how you learn how to flirt with uh with petty thieves. Um so yeah, <laughs> I uh I I thought it was pretty solid. I mean, I I to be honest, it feels like it's been a while since the first issue came out and it was only a month ago, and I don't know why, but I remember kind of being like not like negative on the first issue, but I think we were all kind of lukewarm on it, like it was just kind of a solid start. Um, I yeah. thought this one was a little more exciting. I still don't really know why it needs like the expanded page count because it really feels like in some places they're kind of stretching to get to thirty. Um, but on the whole, I mean, it's you know it's it's pretty satisfying and entertaining, and I still really like the concept of like the the in between years for Bruce Wayne uh, before he becomes Batman. So I, I get the feeling that each issue is going to focus on a new location. They probably already said that in the solicits, but I, I haven't looked ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think like that's kind of cool, and you can kind of just um, you know play around with all the different locales that Bruce has been to. So it's nice. Um, and I think settling into uh, Carmine G- De Gian Domenico's art has been a little bit easier with this issue than I think it might have been for the last issue. Because um, I feel like with some of the like chase scenes, the rooftop scenes, like that stuff, I felt like really worked. It was really fluid. So, yeah, you know, it's solid. Like I gave it an eight out of ten. I, I can't really complain about it. It's not spectacular, but it's uh, it's just interesting enough to keep me going. Hell yeah, sounds good. This is this is the year one story I wanted. It's the one we should have had. Mm-hmm. I hope it keeps making me feel that way. The one we should have had. Whoa, whoa. Yes. Excuse me? The one we should have had. Oh, my God. We don't don't have time to get into that, but that's uh, them spider (laughs) birds. 
I hope it keeps making me feel that way. And it's gorgeous too. I, I love the art, especially in this one. I gave, I gave this one a nine out of 10, man. It was, I thought it was kick ass. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a compelling story. It's very interesting. And it, it is a side of the story. I didn't know I ever wanted whoever thought because have you read year one uh a long time ago (laughs) every year i read that every year it's my it is literally my favorite batman story right there with uh i don't i i have a a very unconventional top 10 bat list but i'll we can talk about that later all right (laughs) my my titles are weird maybe next week (laughs) yeah hey real quick in your top 10 is the black hand in there uh black or wait do you mean which one is that because i have i have uh, slider um oh I'm yeah sure. no yeah black mirror is in top five um black mirror black mirror My uh along with <laughs> and every everyone makes fun of me but i have i have batman r.i.p in my top 10 i love that story it's so it is so what's wrong with batman r.i.p because everyone was like it's too weird and batman's running around in a trash suit and he's like on drugs and i was like no but that's the best part um because he's insane and it's it's literally yeah it's it's literally just like if batman loses his mind and has a backup personality that's based off a 50s batman story that no one remembers what would that look like and it was just it was so such a bizarre concept that i just fell in love with it it was i don't know I, i still love that read um but yeah, no, Black Black Mirror is also on that list. Uh, and number one is, of course, year one. But that's because I have good taste. <laughs> uh, that's debatable. Anyway. <laughs> Frank Miller. All right. Now, <laughs> before this goes any further and gets a little ugly on the one-year anniversary. Um <laughs> Ah, that's hilarious. One year anniversary, and we're arguing about year uh, one. Um, ah. <laughs> all right. Uh, I interrupted you, Rob. I'm sorry. You want to finish what you were saying? <laughs> uh, yeah. Where was I? You said you talked too fucking long. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Whoever thought about, I'm sure some people thought about the adventures Bruce went on when he was traveling the world training with people. And who would have thought it'd be such an interesting story to see him just training with people. But it is. Mm. It's freaking cool. And it looks awesome, too. Uh, So it's 8.5 for me. Uh, As the series goes on, I have a feeling the score will get bigger. But I will give it the benefit of the doubt as it's still issue two. But it is freaking awesome. Not going to lie. Yeah. Chip Starsky is knocking it. Hell yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a little yeah detour from Gotham to a strange little paradise island called Themyscira with Nubia and the Amazons number five, our penultimate issue. So, Rod, take it away. Wait, 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 hold on. DC does books that aren't in Gotham? I know. Isn't it crazy? There are, like, other (laughs) characters in the DC universe. And sometimes we actually get to read about them. That's... Crazy. I don't believe you. I know. <laughs> it it happens though. It's 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 in the wild. 
There's, there's <laughs> only Batman and Green Lantern. That's it. <laughs> uh. Sorry. There's only Batman <laughs> and Kyle Rayner. That's it. Oh, yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) That other guy from Omega Men. I think he was the Omega Lantern once. That's all I really remember about him. Yeah, yeah, that book he died twice in. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't think much of him. (laughs) (laughs) He's kind of a kind of a background character. Okay, this uh, Nubia and the Amazons, number five, was brought to us by writers Stephanie F- Stephanie Stephanie Williams. Did I write? Wow, I'm just having a brain fart. I feel like I wrote the wrong name, <laughs> but I <laughs> uh, Zvita Ayala and Stephanie Williams with uh, pencils from Aletha Martinez, inks from Mark Morales, colors from Romulo Fajardo Jr. Letters from Becca Carey and a wonderful cover from Daryl Banks and Hi-Fi. Nubia in the, I don't remember what it's called, the Deep Dark Cave of Hell, uh, saves Medusa from eternity as a monster by turning her into a proper Amazon and saving her people on Themyscira in the process. Meanwhile, in the aftermath of all that, Hippolyta returns from man's world with a dire warning. And quite honestly, this being issue five of six felt like an end which really makes me wonder what's in store for the last part especially since the issue ended with to be continued in trial of the amazons number one not to be continued in issue number six so what what the hell's left yeah <laughs> i'm super stoked for trial though it is the closer we get the more interesting it sounds and mm-hmm. if this is any indication yeah. it's it's going to be a big one uh the this the i think the art was fantastic the story has gone to a place that is is very action-packed and very interesting to me uh another 8.5 for me hell yeah Yeah, i think uh, this book is cool man it i've enjoyed the whole damn run one more issue to go which has me kind of bummed but i'm i'm also really eager to see what happens during and after that's the most important part for me the trial of the Amazons. I feel like it's going to be one hell of a shakeup for the Wonderverse, and it, it's. I feel like it's a little weird. Very actually, I feel like it's really weird that Medusa has been healed and brought back from behind the door, <laughs> especially at this point. But I am sure that's going to come into play later. I loved it, man, and it is really pretty. Eight point two five. Yeah, this one got an eight out of ten for me. Um, I think especially just because it's you know it's building towards Trial of the Amazons, which I'm in the same boat as you, Rob. The more and more we're building towards it, the more interested I think I am in the story. And I, I really hope that this is kind of the um, you know kind of big Wonder Woman storyline that can finally solidify a good Wonder Woman storyline because it, it feels like like I said they've always tried to to get it, but they never quite get there. Um, War of the Gods, eh, you know, Amazon's Attack, eh, but I'm hoping that this can finally be, like, their definitive, big, epic Wonder Woman story, um, if, you know, you're interested in that sort of thing, so, um, yeah, it was just solid read, and, um, I, I, I did also feel like this was kind of an end, so I suspect the last issue is gonna be, like, a, some kind of wrap-up, or, like, thoughts or something of like oh all that crazy stuff happened are you ready for the trial or something like that so 
hopefully that's interesting. Um, but yeah, no, otherwise, just pretty solid stuff. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, well, we'll stay on course with our, our Wonder family for just a little bit as I'm going to pass it over to Josh to get us caught up on Wonder Woman 784. I've not had a chance to read this one, so I'll let you guys take it away. All right. Well, it's wrapped in a cover by Rachel and Terry Dodson. This issue is written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad, with art from Marcio Takara and Tamara Bonvillain, with Pat Brazo doing the letters. And there are two parts in this book, Wonder Woman and the Road to the Trial. In the first part, we rack up the story arc through a glass darkly, with Wonder Woman and the Knight taking out the WW copies. And then while the Knight finishes up with the Wonder Woman Xeroxes, Diana takes on the Master of Mirror World, who pretty much tries to convince Diana that she's no longer useful, which seems like a pretty weak argument. She doesn't fall for it, of course. Uh, after Mirror Dude sends, uh, gets sent home and uh, um, probably has to reflect on how he's a worse version of Mirror Master, the knight starts to fight with Wonder Woman. Uh, he gets struck by the sword named Graham, and if you didn't remember, it turns out uh, that that sword belongs to the person behind the knight mask, who is actually Siegfried, Diana's boy toy from her time bouncing around through the pantheons. <laughs> uh, he lives, he has puncture-proof skin, and through their glass balls... Diana tells Nubia that she'll be showing up soon. Meanwhile, Cisco is setting up Villainy Inc. with unknown people as of yet, and he also has the very last Wonder Woman duplicate. I'm curious about the way that that part is going with this whole Villainy Inc. thing, while at the same time Deathstroke is setting up his own version of that, but I suppose we'll see where it goes. Uh... The second part of the book makes it sound like the trial of the Amazons will be awesome. It's pretty much focusing on the Bannon McDowell. Artemis has been told to prove her loyalty to the Bannon McDowell. Next, we see her meeting with Atalanta, Antiope, and Hippolyta, where she swears loyalty to Hippolyta in the fight to unite all of the Amazon nations, and the task at hand will apparently hurt Artemis deeply. So I'm really curious what the hell that's going to be. Meanwhile, Queen Farouk's plan is to rule Themyscira and all of the Amazons. And it doesn't sound like they're going to be friendly about it. I wonder what Artemis is going to do. If I were her, I would bounce and go find Jason Todd. (laughs) But... Right? (laughs) But um, this was a really good ending to a pretty strange story, and the setup for the next one has me really excited. I gave Wonder Woman 784 an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, it's it's been a solid tale. I think it was wonderfully drawn, and it was very nice to see Siegfried again. I'm not going to lie. I was uh, was really excited to see him make a return. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and the backup, like I said, with Nubia is just getting me super excited for trial. I can't wait to see what they have to offer. It's going to be fantastic. And I couldn't agree more that I think uh, Artemis should uh, 
at least make a little stop, see Jason Todd, and, and maybe ask Raven to open the doorway to hell and visit Trigon's <laughs> realm so they can see Bizarro, too. You're like, what up, dude? Where'd yeah, your Mohawk go? How's it going? <laughs> hey, you want to get pop. your demon friends to help us fight these uh, people attacking the Amazons? That'd be great. <laughs> right? Where is Pup Pup? That's, that's the real that's, question. That's what I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> That always the only to, damn good Pup thing Pup. that came out of that whole school of <laughs> villains yeah. was Pup Pup. But yeah. was, was Pup Pup like actually a possessed doll, or was Bizarro just going through like a brain tumor? Bizarro had those Luther drugs, so his mind was like just, just loopy. I think at that point, where his like Pup Pup was talking to him at points. Uh, yeah. Or there could be a sentient Superman plush. Who knows? Or there could be. <laughs> I I wouldn't have been against it if uh, they wrote it that it was really just Mister Mixes Pitalik possessing yeah. just a fucking oh. Bizarro. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. would be sick. <laughs> that would be a hell of a twist. Hell yeah, it would. But so far, everything that's going on in Themyscira looks like it's going to be the bomb diggity, and I am <laughs> looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. All right. I guess, all right. Does that well, wrap it we, all up? Yeah. If we don't have any more uh, spotlights for this week, then uh, we will go to a brief commercial break before we head back and uh, get into our main reviews for this week. So stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so I'm going to let Rob take it away. All right, yeah, that's, oh, God, speaking of excited for trial, I'm super excited for Aquaman after this. <laughs> uh, so this yeah, is Aquaman right. to be coming number six, as Brandon said, and it is written by Brandon Thomas with pencils from ah. Serge Acuna and Diego Orlotegui with inks also by Serge Acuna and Wade Von Grawbadger. Uh, colors from Adriano Lucas and letters by And World Design and a beautiful cover by David Talaski. Uh, Jackson, together with his mother and his sister, are rushing into the peace talks that are currently being attacked while in Zebel. They fight hard and free Mira, who joins their effort and helps stop the attackers, all except for one who got a little too close to Jackson, but Lucia stepped in the way and took the hit, leaving her unconscious. And now, very pissed off, Jackson raises his power yeah. level without screaming underwater and takes the big man down and then proceeds to beat him into a bloody pulp, showing shades of his father through his actions. He gets talked down he by his family. Me, <laughs> yeah, that, that was such a panel. Uh, yeah, man. He gets talked down but takes his mother and rushes to a medical facility. Arthur, now back on Earth, asks to go with him, but he insists the conference continues. Uh, Mira continues the peace talks successfully and brings about a new hope for union between Atlantis and Zebel. And later on, back in Atlantis, Jackson, still angry, commits to taking his aggression out on not just the training holograms, but apparently on the people around him. He ends up pushing all of his loved ones away as he's left with his mother and nothing he can do, and nothing else he can do but apologize. In an epilogue, Arthur is in Iceland having a drink or two while waiting for a guest, and that guest arrives and proceeds to point a trident of Orichalcum at Arthur's throat as Arthur asks none other than Black Manta to sit with him 
and have a drink for they have a lot to talk about so Aquaman just got a hell of a lot more interesting. Black Manta, the series, might not have been interesting in the slightest. but Might not have been really interesting. <laughs> I say might not only because of the epilogue here where it might start to make sense what the whole point of that book was and it was all for that one badass panel of Black Manta saying, give me one reason why I shouldn't kill you. That's the whole reason that we had six issues of that book was for this panel and yeah i'm okay with that because it was a freaking awesome panel um, yeah yeah aquaman, aquaman just and black manta working together yeah who could have thunk it I, I i i still can't believe it and i i really hope that's the case because i would not be against that i think it'd be very interesting uh I, just to reference a, a recent series this might be a little bit like uh cobra kai the, the recent season spoilers if you haven't watched it you get two rival uh dojo leaders two rival senseis teaching the same kid different tricks you know two father mm -hmm. figures to jackson have to work together one good one evil so to speak and try and uh, steer him the right way maybe that's what the series is about but who the hell knows yet we still don't know uh, either way i'm stoked for jackson being on aquaman uh, I'm just not stoked for him pushing everyone away. Right. We'll see where that right. goes. We'll where that and goes. the art. And the, the art. art. Friggin' fantastic. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. All inside and out was beautiful. As uh, easily a 9 out of 10. I, that's exactly what I gave it. 9 out of 10. I think it is seriously awesome. And at the same time, potentially worrisome. Um, just because of how violent Jackson got, he definitely, like Rob said, has a bit of his daddy in him. Uh, Arthur and Black Manta talking. And, I mean, this might be the most civil that they've ever been with Black Manta saying, give me one reason why I shouldn't kill you. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it all works out. That The art, the story, all of it is, is spectacular. There's not a better word to describe that. I absolutely loved it. Like I said, 9 out of 10. And after Brandon gives his score here, I'm going to ask you guys a little Aquaman question. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, uh, this issue was, was great. I, I think I loved it. Um, it was uh, just a really satisfying read, um, as satisfying as you can be when Jackson's mother gets, you know, attacked and he goes into a murderous rage. Um but aside from that, it's it just it. I think it really achieved what the miniseries set out to do, which was give Jackson a new kind of interesting direction, one that um, you know has put him in the position of being Aquaman, or at least everyone thinks he's Aquaman right now. And um, I, I kind of love the exchange that he has with Arthur, where um, you know he's just like, yeah, whatever. You know, I'm Aquaman. You're Aquaman whatever i'm i i don't like that's so far from my mind right now i'm just i'm like i'm focused on my mother i don't care anything else so he's very angsty um but I, I think it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out with arthur who has certainly been a lot more um energetic lately so um a moody a moody aquaman and maybe a light-hearted aquaman we'll see how that works out and a murderous aquaman um <laughs> yeah, right Manta, so yeah um, yeah, no, I'm just I I I really dug it, and uh, I'm I'm pretty excited for Aquaman next week, which I just I'm so glad it's coming out next week because I'd hate to 
to wait another month to continue this story. So this one got an 8.75 out of 10 for me. Um, I'm excited to see what happens next. All right. So my question is, is we've got a bat family. It's pretty sprawling. We've got a flash family. That's huge. Green lanterns. There's more green lanterns than there are every single hero times 10 in the universe. So there's sprawling, sprawling families, if you would, Mm -hmm. uh, for every single character out there, main character, main justice league character, let's say, Mm -hmm. um, if you guys had to put together an Aquaman fam, like, uh, let's say an Aquaverse, like a Wonderverse or Batverse, et cetera. And you had to pick, let's say five or six people to throw in on the Aquaman team. Who would you pick? Okay, well, they kind of so already have one, don't they? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's Aquaman, Garth. Mira, Garth, Chula, Jackson, yep. and um, Lorena, I want to say her name was, the Aqua girl from the Teen Titans. Um, oh, but yeah. no one ever yeah, talks about her. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, basically, you know, just Aquaman, Mira, um, um, Garth, Tula, and Jackson, I think, is kind of your Aqua family now. Yeah. Yeah. You, and really Rob, who are your choices? For, for, uh, well, all of those, I think there's a place for, I'm pretty sure her name is Dolphin. Oh, yes, yeah, that's the one I was waiting yeah, for. Yeah, Dolphin uh, was, <laughs> yeah. was Garth's wife for a little while. Yeah. Or um, is or was, or I, I don't know what's going on with the continuity. I think, I think well, my like, favorite. More, more recently, she's just been like a. An Atlantean mutant. Yeah. Um, unrelated to anything else and had to host for Arthur more than anything. I, I think yeah. there's a place for Merc <laughs> as well. I think Merc would be an interesting addition. Hmm. But I just yeah. Oh, that. and um, and um, Volko. There you Volko go. Yeah, Volko sucks. technically counts. He's a little <laughs> shady dude. I don't know if I'd invite him to Thanksgiving. Vol- yeah. Volko, I would say Volko Fitz is more of like an advisor, you know, someone yeah. who can be counsel to the family when they need it. Um, but still, like Palpatine? Kind of the... No, not like Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not like Palpatine. <laughs> um, and then there's the, the Atlantean, I don't remember his name, that Jackson's been talking to recently, the guy that's on the Atlantean Guard. Hmm. Um, his boyfriend. What the fuck is his name? Oh, I wasn't sure if they were actually. Oh man, I can't remember now. Yeah, it's kind of. I don't But you know who I'm talking about? That guy. Yeah, he'd be cool. Shit, I'm completely blanking. And they're definitely in a relationship at this point. I I believe. Yeah, even if it's loosely based, unspoken or something. Yeah, I mean they have their moments anyway. Yeah. Yeah, dolphin. Dolphin deserves to be in the top three Aquaman characters, in my personal yeah. opinion. Ja- Jackson, Aquaman, let me say that again. Jackson, Arthur, Dolphin, and then Tempest? Yeah, yeah. you gotta have Garth. If you have yeah. Nightwing or Wally or Donna, you gotta, you gotta have Garth. You, know, you gotta have family. Garth. Yep, that's right that's there. the uh, OG Aqualad, so, you know. He's got he's to be a part of him, even if uh, him and Arthur don't always see eye to eye. Yeah, you can say that again. <laughs> yeah, which is why I'm surprised Dick and, and Garth never had like more of a friendship. I'm sure they do, but uh, I don't know. They're they're kind of alike in that way, and they 
you know, they didn't always see eye to eye with their mentors. Wally and Barry were like best of friends and, you know, Donna and Diana seemingly were always happy. But it was it was always like Dick and Garth that and Roy, I guess, too. But they're, they're like the trio of we fight with our dads. Yeah. yeah. Diana and Donna, they did get along. Diana and Troika, not so much. No, that's because Troika was nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. And every every flashback with Wally and Barry is just like, I love you, Barry. And he's like, I love you, no, Wally. No, I love and... you, Wally. Yeah, they, they, just, they never fight. They never fight. When they were Flash and Kid Flash, they never fight. They're just the bestest nope. of friends. And then, <laughs> and then it's like you go to the Batcave and it's like, the the classic Batman and Robin is like, oh yeah, we're the dynamic duo, and then like five years later, it's like, get your shit out of the cave. I don't want to see you. <laughs> don't let the door hit you on the way out. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, and then Oliver is just like, hey, did you uh, guys know that drugs. we've got a Batman book coming on this week? We do have a Batman no. book, coincidentally featuring That's the Bat Family. Kind yeah. of, kind kind of unusual for DC to put out a Batman book. Yeah, but it is a little bizarre. It's unheard of. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Our next book for this week is Detective Comics ten fifty three part seven of the Tower. I got to double check. Uh, yes, part uh, yes, seven part of the seven. Tower. <clears throat> of course, brought to us by. Mariko Tamaki on writing with art from Max Rayner, colors from Luis Guerrero, and letters from Ariana Mar. Uh, what better way to start than by saying that Dr. Tobias Weir's ass is on the fire? Um, everything is crumbling around him, and he really does not know what to do. He's just in the hot seat perpetually. The party crashers are trying to get bailed out of jail, and Dr. Weir had promised to do that while he's also selling guns to Penguin, while he's also dealing with a whistleblower at Arkham Tower. So basically, he's really in the shit. Um, and unfortunately for him, the Crashers decide that maybe enough is enough and they ought to just kill him and get it done with. But they can't quite do that yet because Dr. Weir lets them know that the whistleblower is prepared to, well, blow her whistle on Arkham Tower and all the incredible disasters that have been happening there, given that we had seen in, I think, the last issue or the previous issue before that, uh, one of the Arkham guards had filmed when Psycho Pirate lost control of the inmates and they went berserk, had filmed all of that on her phone and lost recollection of it, but the record was still on her phone. So um, one of the party crashers decides to crash her place um, and uh, try and keep that whistleblower from talking too much. But thankfully, Cass Kane is on the scene to intervene and show the party crasher that uh, if you're trying to stop people from spreading the truth, it's uh, it's not going to happen in Gotham City. There's always a bat to make sure that the truth gets out. Or maybe not, because the whistleblower decides that this is some bullshit. I'm getting the hell out of town. Screw this noise. I could give the information to the press, but clearly that's not good enough. And uh, if they could find me there, they could find me anywhere. So I'm getting the heck out of here while I still can. So Batwoman has decided, uh, along with Deb Donovan and Oracle, <clears throat> that it's time that they do a lot more investigating into the works at Arkham Tower. 
starting with Dick Grayson, who's currently employed at Arkham Tower, looking for a little bit more undercover stuff. And what better way to get some more information than on one of the inmates that happens to be there, none other than Huntress, who's uh, been staying cooped up there while she uh, tries to get better. <coughs> Huntress and Dick are trying to figure out exactly what happens, and Dick is prodding her about some questions related to uh, Nero the 19th and some bruise marks that he had on his face in certain positions that look characteristic of Huntress's, you know, punching and whatever. And that's when Dick notices a little blood around the base of her bed, moves the butt, moves the blood, moves the bed out of the way to discover under the bed the hidden message that she had left in the last issue. His hold is breaking, uh, clearly indicating that someone is keeping a hold over uh, Arkham Tower, but we still don't know exactly who that is. But we're getting closer, or at least Oracle can uh, sort of get closer and determine that someone, some kind of psychic, is maintaining control on all the inmates uh, within Arkham Tower. <clears throat> and that's when Nightwing decides that, you know, enough is enough. I'm getting to the bottom of this right now. I'm going straight to the top. The big man uh, at Arkham Tower, and I'm going to find out what's going on. He goes in all gung-ho, all ready to uh, charge when he discovers that, of course, it's the Psycho Pirate. We already knew, and he kind of knew, but uh, he had his mind erased. Um, and before he can get into any kind of serious action against the Pirate, he has his shit whammied and uh, is under the Pirate's Whammy. control before he can uh, do any kind of serious damage. So we'll see what happens next. Uh, one other plot point that I, I didn't mention but uh, is important, the Crashers, who were sort of stunned that anyone could have found their secret underground city, uh, decided to do a little investigating and are looking around the sewers to see just where the hell these bats could have come from, because clearly there's a bat infestation in the sewers if they're having problems with it. Um, and one of the Crashers happens to stumble upon the cave, calls for some backup, and now party crashers are laying siege to the bat family's secret little fortress so we'll see how that plays out in the next issue um for a series that felt like it had been dragging its feet with i think you know the first couple issues after 1047 i gotta say it's really been picking itself back up the art from max rayner is incredibly dynamic and energetic and it oh, feels yeah. like the story is finally moving forward. We're finally actually seeing the Bat family do investigative work and detective work and are getting closer and closer um, to the mystery of Arkham Tower. And even though we know it, it's it's kind of satisfying to see them finally get there or trying to get there. Um, without Batman. I, without Batman, yeah. Um, and uh, I, I do have to say um, it has been – almost sadistically satisfying to watch uh, Dr. Weir's life just fall apart um, because we know he's a big con man. He's, he's, a, he's a sleaze. He's been trying to grift everyone. But just seeing him like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. Like, oh, shit, like everything's falling apart and the crashers are on my ass and penguins on my ass and I've got the whistleblowers and i got to make sure that Nakano signs the check and all this stuff. It's It's been... It's been somewhat satisfying to see him slowly uh, lose his cool, especially considering at the start he was very relaxed and open. Oh, come to Arkham Tower. It'll be great. You know, we're taking care of our inmates. And now he's just like, fuck, I don't know what to do. Um, so that's been pretty cool, I think. But, um, yeah, no, this was a, just, I think, a really solid chapter. We're moving forward, like I said, with the mystery. And um, I'm I'm actually – I feel like the, the weekly nature of this series is finally – 
you know, satisfying now. I'm actually kind of interested to see what happens next week as opposed to like, ugh, I have to, you know, just kind of get through this. Um, so yeah, this one got an 8.25 out of 10 for me. I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied and I hope it keeps this momentum moving forward. You and me both. Um, here's the thing I've got with detective though. Um, we've got the story moving along and Rainer's art looks fantastic. Um, how can you not love someone with the last name of Rainer? If well, <laughs> but, um, different Rainer, but <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, um, I did like the story. It's doing great. The art is fantastic, but it felt like for some reason, I felt like I was reading a 10 issue book. Or a ten-page issue. It was, it was fast. Something about yeah, it, it was very felt fast. incredibly fast, and I almost felt yeah. like cheated. Not like, oh, this is so good, I blew through it. But it was mm-hmm. like, it was just too short. Now there's a lot in there. There's important stuff in there. They didn't waste any time, and they didn't speed through anything. So I'm not sure why I feel this way, but it, it just felt like it was blown through. Yeah, but I, I again, I enjoyed it. They got a seven point five out of me. Nice. Okay. Uh... <laughs> this sounds like a well. The art was good. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> the, the best was, way to start. Was fantastic. The art was really good. Uh, the, and, uh, the and shout out, shout out half... to. Uh... Oh, sorry. Shout, I was just gonna say shout out to Irvin Rodriguez covers for this series. Amazing. Oh yeah. Oh god. I saw, I saw the realistic cover. Um, Might be my favorite man. cover of the, the series. Yeah. So I I, lo- I love this cover of week. Penguin. So good. Mm-hmm. Oh hey, real quick interjecting. I completely forgot about this, and maybe you guys already know, but did you know that as a part of the the Batman spinoffs that we're going to be getting on HBO Max, that Penguin is getting his own show? <laughs> Are you serious? Is that a joke? I'm dead ass serious. He's getting oh the God. HBO Max treatment. Interesting. Is this that, like, that is blows my mind, that is dude? Definitely, that is definitely. I know everybody loved Penguin on the Gotham series. Yeah. Or is this just like a totally regional? different Penguin though? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody the loved the, the Penguin. Doesn't, but. And I, I, I actually do think Penguin, I think, is is a, is a quintessential Batman villain. I really yeah. do, but I know a lot of people don't like Penguin for the same reasons I do like Penguin. Um, but I really don't think he's strong enough to hold a series. Yeah. No, yeah, it, I, it would I, have I, to I, be a heavy crime drama. Yeah. Yeah, it, it would. I think it would be like. You, you take. I Sopranos think it would, it would have to be like a Deadwood Sopranos type. Yeah, Sopranos type of thing. Mix it together really hard. Sopranos and, and, and Deadwood, is in, that what you said? Yeah, and throw in like the <laughs> the the fun of Justified. Hey. Hey. Now that actually sounds pretty good. Yeah. It's like the only way it could work. <laughs> let's let's hope you're right. I mean, after all, you guys are full of great ideas. You got that Kyle Rayner book coming out. <laughs> yeah. That was just my, my crazy dream brain. <laughs> Hey, hey make, we're we're uh, a bit prophetic around here. Uh, I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we make a lot of nice. a lot of successful, accurate guesses on this show. Yeah, 
I would that would literally be a dream come true. So uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe, let's, maybe. Let's um, yeah. Guys, when you um, get famous, just don't forget me. No, <laughs> no. If 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 ever I find myself writing for DC, I'll I'll pull you guys in too. If if I can, I would I would I would be happy to. And then we can all shape the universe to our desires. Oh man, woo! <laughs> Sounds good. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry, Rob. You were uh, <laughs> going to talk about how good the art was for Detectives. Yes, oh, the art was fantastic. <laughs> now, the the <laughs> latter half of this book, I thoroughly enjoyed. I really did. Once uh, once the shit started hitting the fan, I thought, okay, this, this, this is getting somewhere. The first half, at this point, honestly, I could give two shits about the, the stuff Dr. Weir's got himself into. The man did it to himself. Uh, he took on too much. That is true. It was a simple grift of, you know, you're conning the city and you're telling the mayor, I can cure every patient in the city. Uh, let's build this, like, million, fifty million dollar tower in the middle of the city and call it, uh, name it after that place that got burnt down and exploded by an <laughs> insane criminal. It's going to be great. Don't worry. I can cure everyone. Just give me $50 million. It's a simple grift. <laughs> simple plan. Why, then, would you involve yourself in more crime? That's just asking for punishments. Asking for failure. Because he's, so, he's a greedy bastard. Uh, what's, the, what's the angle? What's he getting out of that? Uh, it's just... Uh, uh. I could give two shits about it. He did it to himself. You, you, you dug your own grave, Mr. Uh, Ware. And we know you dug your own grave because we saw you die in issue one. So. Yeah. But the part. Just so happens with, that his grave is in the middle of the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his grave is pretty much on the doorstep of the tower that he built. Yeah. If that's not poetic, I don't know what is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the the latter the later half of this book I thought was very interesting, near whimsical if you will, uh, with its progression <laughs> I think was was quite good and the art was fantastic I think it was really good. Uh, so yeah. that being said, seven out of ten it's it's going somewhere. Uh, it's taken a damn while for me. Anyway. Yeah, I think it's you it said is. you guys said it was really quick. I think it was really slow. <laughs> interesting yeah all right well before we close out with detective comics we do of course have our backup story as always this is house of gotham also part seven um the kid is back in arkham asylum this time as a real criminal not just as an insane you know drugged up uh scarecrow pawn um, hey Brandon, real quick, can we drop the uh, creatives on this one? Oh wait, we are. Oh yes, I guess we should. Uh, yeah, that's uh, of course by Matthew Rosenberg with art from Fernando Blanco, colors from Jordi Valer, and letters from Rob Lee. Um, like I said, kids back in Arkham this time as an actual crook, not as an insane person. Where he is in the midst of an Arkham breakout with Bane and Zaz and. We get to see the kid in the midst of all this shit, and finally he gets his chance to escape, goes back to the city, and, uh, yeah, I guess decides to start over. Um, uh, yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's doing its thing. It's fun <laughs> to see these different eras of Gotham's history, I guess, but I don't know. I, I feel like, 
again, the momentum that I, or the interest I had that at the beginning of this series just really waned fast, which is disappointing. And I don't know if that's just because the story kind of meandered and didn't really know where it wanted, didn't really know where it wanted to go, or I, I don't know. It's just it's not really working for me anymore. And with each passing era, I just kind of ask, how old is this kid supposed to be? Because we've gone from, like, Dick Grayson Robin to Jason Todd Robin to Bane. So we're through, like, you know, the the 50s to, like, the 90s at this point, And the kid has aged, like, a year. At least five well, years should have passed. So yeah, Well, he does look he does look taller than he did when the when – he first showed up barely well let's say barely but but um i would say let's place him at the time where before he went to arkham dick was robin and then after he came out it was jason todd so i think well, he's jason i think was, his yeah it's i don't know i think it's, that's it's his so timeline. weird yeah it's like how how long was he in arkham then i, I, I don't know it was I'm not going to really worry about the timeline for the story because timelines are weird. And if you try and make sense of it, your brain is going to explode. But, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like in terms of the actual story, I'm just not feeling it as much as I was. So this one got a 7 out of 10 for me. Um, Whole issue I will give in 7.5 out of 10. I was tempted to give it an 8 because I did enjoy the first part more than I have in the past. And that's a refreshing thing. But... The backup is is really feeling like it's just kind of filling space and uh, just wasn't that interested. Fair enough. Uh oh, Rob is not a fan of the backup either. No, I, I, (laughs) I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I think it's interesting. I just don't know how to feel about it still. I don't know where it's going. I don't know who this kid is. I don't know what's going on. You guys are saying years have passed. I didn't make that connection. I thought it was like two months. And it's just so weird and awkward, but curious and interesting at the same time. I'm lost. I'm confused. But I'm kind <laughs> of enjoying the ride at the same time. It's, it's so hard to talk about this story because I have no idea what's going on. I think really that might weird. be kind of why I'm interested. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's that's what's drawing me into it. Like like you said last week, at this point, I just want to know who the hell this kid is. <laughs> that's what I, I, right. I'm like, who the hell that's is it. this kid? You know. <laughs> well, I'm caring less and less about who the kid is, and I'm more like, why should I care? What what is? Yeah, now, I, before it was like too. okay kid whose life was kind of you know disrupted by the joker and batman all right cool i can get behind that simple thing but now he's just like bouncing around gotham on his weird life you know journey and and i'm like i said i'm losing interest in that fast so i'd have to say that's something that pretty much every character that we read about in Gotham shares is that their life journey just kind of bounces from one spot to another. And who the fuck (laughs) knows where it's going to (laughs) land. Yeah. But at least, you know, they're somewhat interesting journeys. These are 10 page installments where he talks to some villain or other character related to Batman history. And then is kind of just like, all right, what next? (laughs) 
<laughs> I met Jason. I met the first Robin. I met Clayface. Joker killed my parents. I was working for Penguin. It's just a lot of like I'm meeting these people, but I'm not really doing anything. I'm just kind of right. going with the motions, which isn't necessarily now, a bad idea, but it's just I'm not that interested anymore. It, uh, do we call him Bane Jr. at this point? <laughs> How about Son of Gotham? Because he's he goes from place to place throughout Gotham. That'll be his villain name. He's the Son of Gotham. Wait, the story is called. Give house me of my Gotham, right. Yes, give me my what royalty checks. What fucking house? <laughs> Arkham. He was there for like two issues. The house. Well, is yeah, but I'm. I'm what gonna assume he because he had... for a while. Yeah, the, this the, is the where I'm at with it. House is metaphorical. He had he had teddy bears. When he went in to Arkham, okay, he had he had teddy bears. So I'm gonna say he went in at like age six to seven, and he came out like I would say twelve, thirteen. And I feel like I that's enough time for a lot of stuff to go on there. Well, I'm just going by the 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 the. Mm-hmm. the not quite the narrative. I don't know. It's just the feel Rosenberg has given me while reading this. Uh, yeah, it's also, just, I think, I think art-wise, it's just hard to even tell sometimes what age this kid is even supposed to be because it looks yeah. like, again, he's aged maybe two years at best. Fair enough. Uh, um, I think I figured uh, it out. Sorry, go on. No, you're, you're at um, Bane. I could have swore, uh, no, it's not I could have swore. I know that at least up until this point, he, Bane was the son of King Snake, right? Yes, yes which, he is. Which means that his last name should be Durant. But here, and, and, and okay, so in Got, I think it was Gotham that they named him Eduardo. I, th- I think it was Gotham the, that they named him Ed- Eduardo Durance. But uh, regardless, his last name should be Durance. However, he identifies himself as Simon Bolivar. Oh, I, so, I think that's like a that's a metaphorical thing, probably. Um, I, I would assume the way I, the way I read that was like, oh, I am I am akin to Simon Bolivar, the liberator um, from Bolivia, the historical figure. But right. if, if he was literally calling himself that, then, yeah, that would be a little bit weird. But I, I thought he was just trying to be, like, you know, a pompous. Metaphorical. Ass. Like, I, 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 too, am the liberator, but of Arkham yeah. instead of, right. of a country. In Santa Prisca. Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. um, sure, Bane, you're, you're the Arkham Simone Bolivar. Whatever makes you feel better, <laughs> buddy. Yeah. I gave it a 7.5 because this backup is literally driving me nuts trying to figure out who this kid is. Not knowing something is the quickest way to get my interest because it'll drive me nuts until I do. <laughs> okay, then not, I, I've I got no not, idea where this is going, man. I will not say my prediction. Because <laughs> I think uh, I it No, out. go ahead. Say your prediction. It's, That's it's what we do. It's in the title. House of Gotham. And I'm thinking about it. Yeah, so, I, I like you guys, thought early on that it was about Arkham. 
because he spent so much time there. But no, he he had mm-hmm. his home with his parents, and they was living in Arkham. And then he was kind of living with Clayface for a bit, and then he was back in Arkham, and then he was with the Penguin living in the Iceberg Lounge, and then he was back in Arkham, I think. No, yes, and now he's mm. living somewhere questionable. We'll find out next issue. He, he's living everywhere. He's got multiple houses, but it's the house of Gotham. So this whole story is about this kid who's being raised by Gotham. But every character he meets, every villain, every person, every perpetrator, he learns something new. He's taught a new lesson, and he's being raised. Exactly. It's, it's like by I said, it's a, it's a metaphorical house. Yeah, it's a metaphorical house. And this kid <laughs> is just a kid. There's no connection. There's no big name reveal. There might be a name near the end, but it's not going to be anybody of note. It's just going to be a kid being raised by Gotham, and it's going to be an interesting little story. And that's all it is. Yeah. It's not going to be that, that's, It's not going to be. Uh, he's yeah. not going to be related to some villain. He's just a kid being raised by Gotham. That's that's. I mean, you could be on to something it there. Leading, um, where it's just like, oh, yeah, I just this kid was passed around in the system. But again, I feel like that concept probably doesn't need to be stretched to twelve parts. I still yeah. think it's inter- an interesting concept, but it does. I just I don't think it needs to be a, that long of a story. You can read a great version of that story in it's Batman Turning Points from like 2001, which is it's like yeah. the same idea. It's just like, hey, my life was kind of crazy. Then Batman showed up and I got better. That's it. Uh, I think this that's all, might that's all be you the need. exact opposite of that, though. Yeah, it was just like if you want to see a story that has that kind of theme of like, oh, Batman was involved in my life and you know, maybe change it for the better or for the worse or whatever. Read that. It's only like five issues anyway. This is like, you know, <laughs> 12, 10 page backups. I, I don't know. Anyway, it is what it is. Um, and uh, I think on that note, we should probably make our way to our next book for this week. Probably a lot more lighthearted one. Flash 779, a little bit of an end to our Eclipso saga. So, Josh, I'm going to let you take it away. All right. Well, let me uh, skip through this in a flash, give it a little bit of force here. Uh, Written by Jeremy Adams with an art team made up of Fernando Passerin, Matt Ryan, Brett Peoples, and on colors, we have Jeremiah Skipper, Peter Pantazis, and Jeremy Cox with Rob Lee on letters. And Brandon Peterson and Michael Latea gave us the cover that's on it, and it's a pretty damn good cover. So this is wrapping up the goofy-ass Gem World story arc. Uh, Jay and Irie, with Maxine, make their way to Wally in a flash, but um just in time. <laughs> Wally is trapped, his friends are mind-controlled, and Eclipso is about to win. Then the twins and Maxine... Maxine, who turns out to be Buddy Baker's daughter. Woo, woo. I asked for that in Discord, by the way. I just want to point that out. Um, she's She identifies herself as Animal Girl. The yeah, it was a fun little clear, callback. Right? The yeah. three of them clear a path for Flash to get to Eclipso after Tall, Blue, and Ugly recharges the glaive. 
of course, Wally pulls off the heroing, and at the end of it, Spectre, of all people, shows up, and I did not expect that to happen, but he takes the glaive from Flash. He tells him that the presence, the uh, DC Comics version of the uh, of God, or if we're going along with Marvel's thing, he uh, the one above all. Uh, I think I got that right, not being a Marvel fan. That I'm pretty sure that's what it is. That is awesome. correct. Awesome. So uh, he tells him, he tells Wally that the presence is very pleased with him, and that's why he was unaffected by Eclipso. It also is why he was given an extra surge of the speed force during his fight. And when it's all over, Jay is in a lot of pain, still in a lot of pain. uh, Because uh, if, if you followed the Flash and his family at all, you know that Jay lost his speed force powers, and whenever he experiences them, it, it racks his body in massive pain. So uh, that's what he's going through now. And thanks to the Spectre, Wally now knows that he's got that extra uh, speed force energy in him and that he can give Jay that surge that he was given. And he does, and it takes away the pain. And that's when Flash says that Surge would be a cool superhero name. And, of course, Irie wants to know when she's going to get hers, (laughs) as a typical kid would do. Wally promises that they'll eventually figure one out. Meanwhile, back at home, Linda is awake writing, having a little bit of writer's block, coming up with really stupid names for an alien planet. And she gets a little hungry. On her way out to the kitchen, she looks for Wally and the kids, but she can't find them, so she hurries up and runs outside. But she runs like the Flash, with lightning and yeah. everything. So I'm like, ooh, what interesting. Yeah. <laughs> with a twist. I, 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 I love where this is going, man. I hope Adams can pull it off, because if so, this will be the best Flash run in a very, very long time. The art is awesome. It's wonderful. The story's got me excited. I gave this one an 8.5, man. Yeah, they this, brought uh, Wally back, in. and I, I begged them not to treat him like shit, and they didn't, and they made it spectacular. Thank you. This is this is uh, really the, the major note that I have written is just this is good shit. This is good shit. This is honestly. good shit. Yeah. Like yeah. I just, I, 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 didn't really have anything to complain about. Honestly, it's, it's. I think exactly what people wanted from a, a run of Wally, you know, being back as the Flash. Just fun Flash stories of him interacting with heroes, being a hero, and and um, interacting with the kids. And and I, I, it's honestly, it's not even fan service. It's just like it, it's, it's just delivering what I think a lot of people just kind of wanted to read from a Wally West book in a, in a fairly serviceable way. And I, I don't have anything it's, to complain about. It's, it's yeah, almost Jeremy like Adams execute. just giving us a good flash book, man. Yeah. It's, I mean, uh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sing its praises too high, but it, I mean, to be honest, it's just executed pretty much perfectly. Like there's, there's very, there's very little I have to complain about um, with the exception of, you know, maybe the Eclipso stuff wasn't, incredibly interesting but i mean i feel like i was still entertained um but yeah i mean execution wise it was just a solid conclusion great stuff with the kids it's nice to see maxine baker back from the animal man run from the new 52 and um 
just a, just a, like, again, it was just executed perfectly. Interesting story. Great setup for the next issue. Linda has speed force powers. What next? Right? Like, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like everything in this issue is executed incredibly well. And I, I'm just, I'm loving the flash and I'm, I'm really digging the story. So I gave this one an 8.75. I was just really, really pleasantly satisfied with this conclusion. And, uh, it's like just got me excited to read whatever the hell next is is planned for Flash, which is almost a little sad to say because the next issue is the War for Earth 3 crossover, so we almost have to wait an extra month before we get back to our regularly scheduled Flash. But Right. I didn't realize Flash was in... Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Part of yep. That. It's well, just for one issue, but... Oh, okay. Uh, That's fair. One yeah. issue I can is deal it? with, not... Not yeah, really. just just the one. So we'll have to wait, like I said, an extra month to get back to the actual Flash yeah. stuff that we're, we're interested in. All yeah. right, fine. <laughs> uh, as for this issue, though, yeah, this is this is interesting stuff. This was really cool. Um, I could go on and on about Linda with Speed of Force powers, but. Right. Honestly, I'm just hoping down the line we get some Buddy Baker. Like, I, yeah, <laughs> uh, Animal so Man awesome series dude. going. Maxine, let's let's get the family involved. Let's have like a yeah, you know, Maxine and Irie are best friends now. Let's uh, let's have the Baker clan and the Wally uh, the West clan just uh, go on like a family vacation together. Why not? Yeah, I, I mean that would amazing. that would be cool, but I. I if you bring up Animal Man, the 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 first thing that pops into my head, and I know I'm I I know I'm just being a, a major fanboy nerd about this, but I hear Animal Man and I hear the red, and then I hear the green and the rot, and then the next thing I the, the only thing that comes to mind is give me a goddamn Parliament's book. Yeah. <laughs> We're kind of getting that yeah. with this Swamp Thing Green Hell, but yeah, definitely right. Hear me out. Hear me out. The the red. Which was it that was powering Animal Man? It was the red, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yep. that was his parliament. Okay, the green so, is plant, the rot is decay, yeah. and red is meat. Yeah, so the red and speed force are having issues with each other. <laughs> and their avatars are friends, but then they have to is there a parliament of the because... speed force? Isn't it? Isn't well, it just like a, this... a thing? Yeah, the speed force, <laughs> is like, like a whole. All right, like upcoming three thing. issue mini featuring the Flash family and Animal Man, and we're going to call it Speed Meat. Or just just do just just do another <laughs> Animal Man kill. title. I mean, I feel like. Every every time they do an Animal Man title, they bring in a very like specific you know creator to kind of capture that magic that they first did with uh, with the Grant Morrison Chaz True run. So I'm like, you have a plethora of creators that would be perfect for an Animal Man title. Um, I mean, let's be honest, if they bring it back, it's probably gonna be Tom King, but. I don't think that would be the it best better, choice. No, shut your um, face. But but it, I'm just I, saying it should be Ron V. I, I 100% if, if I, agree. If I could pick um, a single cr- character, if I could pick a single creator to take on Animal Man, it would 
It would definitely be Rom V. It it would it definitely. would be Rom V or it would be Dan Waters or someone who I feel like would really Dan work Waters with would the, be good. the mysticism of the red and all that stuff. Um, but since I mean, we can't get honest, Morrison, back. if you yeah, if you if you need a fam, that's why I'm like if they were gonna do another Animal Man title, it would probably go to Tom King because if they're gonna if they want to do like the family drama thing, you know who it's gonna go to. Like let's let's stop dancing around it. We know. We all know. Plus, he's a C-list character, so already you can Who, hear Tom it in King? their minds. Yeah, you're right. Tom King is definitely <laughs> oh, well, an, a C-list no, character. No, no. Oh, my. Oh, oh, so Come on, man. Don't say um, that. I mean, no, I know you were no. a fan of Supergirl, but the last four or five books that he's written just blow. Uh, well, no. I, I Again, <laughs> I say that because it, it feels like it, exactly the kind of thing that, that they would you know approach him about. C-list character, hasn't had a series in... 10 years at this point yeah. might be able to do something with it so again i think rom or dan waters would be a great choice for a new animal man book yeah. but i think i think we know who would probably get it uh, if, anyway. if the only way that the only way that i would even be okay if tom king got it was would be if it was an elseworlds book if it was a black label book something not joined be. with the yeah. main universe because mm-hmm. well i mean honestly i and I, I, I don't think I'm alone here, even though I'm probably his least favorite, f- least biggest fan on this show, that I don't think I'm alone here. Uh, he doesn't do well at all in main continuity. Yeah, no, there there have definitely been some uh, some problems in the past. Uh, and hey, that's a great segue. Speaking of problems, let's look at the Green Lantern Corps. We're filled <laughs> with problems right now. Um, oh, boy. With Green Lantern number eleven, uh, I think the penultimate issue because it doesn't look like we're getting anything after eleven. So uh, yeah, Rob, do you want to take it away? Sure thing. I don't see what would be getting next. May solicitation should be coming any day now. So yeah, but there there hasn't been anything about a thirteenth issue. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, as for this one, this is uh, the usual suspects. Uh, it's from writer Jeffrey Thorne, with art by Marco Santucci and Ro- and Tom Rainey, uh, with finishes from Maria Laura Senabo, and colors by Mike Atier, with letters from Rob Lee. So Hal and the Justice League have arrived on Oa to help Joe and G and the GLs save Oa. Koyos is committed to ending the Guardian's reign as the protectors of the universe, and by doing that, he, from Oa, sends beams of green energy flying across space to various planets inhabited by different versions of Maltusians. Hal and Joe are left helpless to watch as they are being attacked by the Xerox aliens. Uh, the Xeroxians? Xeroxians? <laughs> I don't know what the hell you'd call them. Uh, Nemesine pleads with Koyos to stop, but it falls on deaf ears, and then she then turns to Joe and tells her that she alone has the power to stop this, and she has to break the Trinity. Problem is, Joe has no idea what the hell that means. Uh, Xeroxian shoots Hal and Joe's rings, (laughs) uh, breaking them and leaving the pair powerless. Uh, They go to take shelter and are found by a Kaluan drone with a message from Peafel, who I think, if I understand correctly, is alive now, unless it was recording, but Joe seemed to be talking to it very well. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so PFL explains all that she's found out about the Trinity and being Koyos, the Xerox, and the anti-chaos weapon, if I, again, understood that correctly. It was a little messy to understand. And with her ring destroyed and Hal not being able to build a new one since his connection is pretty much gone, Joe comes up uh. with a new plan of attack. Meanwhile, John has been viewing the attack on Oa from afar, and despite warnings from pretty much everyone around him, teleports himself to Oa as a giant green John to fight Koyos head-on. And as he's getting pelted by Koyos' energy, Joe went to Kelly, who is still unconscious, to use the gauntlet. It opens, and she appears as a giant green construct behind Koyos and punches straight through his chest, However, that unleashes his power, and it explodes, but John seemingly contains it in the bubble. At least, I think that's what happened. They weren't really clear on that. Um, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff <laughs> that... The, the fighting was cool, but that's about yes. it. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff. The dialogue just... Uh, it's very confusing. I'm I, I can give more positives to ass. this issue than I have in the past. Um, okay, that's, but that's, that's good. that's not saying uh, much. Because the, the only note <laughs> I, I can really come up with is the core officially dead. Uh, now I think John's just going to be the next battery. And then we'll be right back to where we started because that's what happens with these Green Lantern stories. They die and then they come back. Yep. Yeah. Again, you could you could place bets between the Green Lantern Corps and the Nova Corps, who dies as many times, literally get wiped <laughs> off the board every every yeah. however many years, only to be brought back because we need them in a fight scene. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. That I, says I, the I, Green I, Lantern Corps is way better than the Nova Corps. Yeah, I mean that's that's facts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nova fans. The Nova Corps kind of cool sometimes, but not as cool as yeah. the Green Lanterns. Um, Kyle Rayner can kick Richard Ryder's ass any day. <laughs> any day. Hey, hey, but Kyle Rayner was never on the New Warriors, was he? He was on the Doesn't the matter. far more inferior JLA. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad he didn't get to hang out with a guy named Speedball. <laughs> yeah, and say. Night Thrasher. <laughs> right. You hung out with Look what? Batman. Curry was Superman. Who cares about them? I care about Night Thrasher and Speedball and all the other cool guys on the 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 New Warriors. They're a lot more yeah, interesting who, than the JLA. Who else was Shit. on the team? <laughs> Oh, God. Besides Nightcrasher and Speedball. I, I remember, yeah, Nightcrasher, Speedball, I think <laughs> Namorita, and... I think so. And this is like the new yeah. Warriors, circa, circa Civil War, right? The ones that blew up the town? Yeah, like, or yeah. The, also the 90s version. Um, but, yeah. And then, yeah, of course, Nova, and uh, and that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah well, well as as far as i go the, the green lantern books um they've had they've had amazingly consistent art i love yeah. that um for me the story wasn't too weird i was able to keep track of this it was much less weird than the shit we were getting at the very beginning of this run yes. um yeah i so i enjoyed it 
there is a bit of confusion going on, but it's not really that big of a deal. And what confused me was just this one part. So we see Joe Moline go up to Kelly. We see Kelly's Kelly's glove open up, right? And then we see a giant-ass construct that kind of looks like Joe Moline, but not exactly, wearing the whole backpack getup and the glove as a construct. But then she's swept away by Hawkman or some other Thanagarian. And there's no glove on her hand. So was that an editorial oopsie, an art oopsie, or was that actually Kelly doing that? Mm, Might have been an art oopsie. But yeah, it could have been. I, I think there, it might have been an article about that moment that is just left up to next issue. I, I would assume uh, they they hit a lot of what's actually going on there, and they have not answered any fucking questions about the gauntlet except to confirm that it's not Krona's gauntlet; it's an entirely separate gauntlet. So, who yeah. really knows? Maybe it wasn't an well, I... oversight. I hope we find out. <laughs> yeah. That's been the one and, and I liked it. series I've been wanting to know is just what the hell is up with Kelly and the gauntlet. Yeah. Fucking right? That's that's the biggest thing to me is Kelly and the gauntlet and well, Joe Moline coming teased... back and being a part of the main core. Yeah, they, they had teased that, you know, they were going to... John was going to work with Kelly and, you know, kind of explore what the hell was going on with the gauntlet and maybe train her a little bit and all that stuff. But Simon once Bass. they like went, yeah, they went to like the dark sector and all that other shit. It just went out the window. So, mm-hmm. oh, well, unfortunately. Yeah. Bring, I want, I would like to see more of the story focus on her because she was brought in as such a major part. And then has yes. just yeah that the, they put her on a fucking table and said nah go to sleep yeah no, pretty much need you right um, now. I still think the idea of a Teen Lantern is a joke uh, literally a joke <laughs> made in in an issue of Jeff Johns Teen Titans and it's real and it's here um, but I figure if it exists maybe you can do something with it I'm not necessarily opposed to that but. Um, yeah. Yeah. Speaking um, of Jeff Johns and the, let's say the ends of Doomsday Clock, I think JLA Avengers reprint is about the closest we're going to get to any of that fucking nonsense he put at the end of Doomsday Clock. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, no, that was. Clearly I just had just, to put uh, that out just there. Just teasing. Um, yeah, but I I will John give this issue. Oh God. Yeah. I will I will give this issue a little bit more credit. There was more exciting things about it than I think most of the other issues have had. In the past, uh, I liked it when the JLA showed up. That was cool. Um, I think, Mm -hmm. surprisingly, something that I I never would have expected, but uh, uh, John, or John, um, Hal Jordan and uh, and, um, Joe Mullane have surprisingly great rapport, actually. Like, they're, they they kind of had a buddy cop thing going on where, like, you know, he's like, hey, you ever been in this shit before, Mullane? He's like, yeah, a couple times. And I was like, yeah, this is actually kind of cool. Like, I would love to yeah, see right? them work together a little bit more. Like, it felt like they had a they had a good kind of, you know, um, connection there and uh, sprinkled well, being, in some being, moments throughout. 
being outside the normal, what word do I want to use here? Uh, I have no idea. But be, being different than the rest of the lanterns, I think that naturally kind of brings them together. And I'm glad through dialogue that um, we were able to see th- th- that reflect on the page. Yeah, I, I, f- I just, I don't know. I, I felt like this issue kind of, given that, that Hal Jordan's in the series again for, you know, for, for whatever reason, um, it was it was just kind of like, oh, that was unexpected, but actually kind of nice. Like, they have this really cool vibe going on, and uh, I would love to see more of that in whatever we get next out of Green Lantern. Give us a, give us a Hal Jordan, Joe Mullane book. I'd read the shit out yeah. of that. Right. And let's... Uh, that. Yeah, can, yeah. Can, can we age Hal up a little bit? No, I mean, <laughs> please seriously. no. We ended up with no. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> no, we don't. Uh, the moment the moment we see Gray Temples again, that means something bad's happening. So no, yeah. <laughs> you can age up Superman, age up Batman, leave Hal Jordan be. I don't. I don't want to see him with Gray Temples again. That means something bad's in the water. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> there is one thing about this book this issue specifically that i rather enjoyed and that's 100 just as a major green lantern fan is that they were able to show off all the different multusions and where they are that you saw the controllers you saw uh the Zamorons, uh you mm. got confirmation the blue lantern is still standing on odin and say it is once again alive and not being controlled by Larflees. So that was cool to see. Uh, the one yeah. question I have, and maybe I'm just wrong about my history, I thought the Maltusians abandoned Maltus completely. Like, there was none left, and that's why the, they, they were all split up between the Controllers, the Zamorons, and the Guardians, because they left Maltus behind because they couldn't agree on how to, to better guard the universe, so they all went on their separate ways. So why were there any Maltusians left on Maltus? Unless I'm uh, wrong. About you that. can leave home, no but idea. home can never leave you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as cheesy as that sounds, there's really no yeah. excuse for it. It's yeah. honestly, I think that's just, I think it was oversight. Because if I'm remembering correctly, and that's not a guarantee, um, I think you're right that they did all leave and split up. And I feel like that has not changed up until this issue. Yeah. But uh, 2814 would uh, 2814 would know better than me. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rob. I'm second guessing myself. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I gave this an eight point or an eight out of ten. Um, I can't remember what you guys gave it. What did you give it? Uh, I gave it an eight point five. Yeah, this one. Uh, fan is fun. Yeah, this one got a seven point five for me. It had a lot more to enjoy than I think a lot of issues have had in the past. And again, highlight of the issue: Hal Jordan and Joe Mullane stealing the spotlight from John Stewart. I'm telling you, look into this. I think I think there's something there. Yeah. Hell yeah! Is there something you're talking about, about that rapport? I'm like, I think I think you could have some fun with that. There's so much speculation about a buddy cop theme going on in that Green Lantern show coming up, and after reading this, there's not a team 
that I would like to see as a buddy cop more than Hal Jordan and Joe Mullane. Um, I don't want Guy Gardner in there now. Not at all. Give me these two because they rock. No, if you if you want to do a buddy cop with uh, with Guy Gardner, it's got to be with um, that lantern whose name I keep forgetting. I, I think they had a pretty good report. <laughs> you shut that. your uh, face. <laughs> That's I want to um, see him. John yeah, John Stewart's all like, I can bring them all back to life. Still, no goddamn Kyle. <laughs> no Kyle. Uh, well, we we kind of already know they'll be back, so they they already spoiled oh. it. So uh, yeah. All right, well, with Green Lantern out of the way, I think it's uh, time for us to get into our world's finest for the week. Um, wait. Right. One second. I'm so sorry. It's actually world's finest sons, not world's finest. Uh, there you go. <laughs> this is Nightwing 89, the part of our uh, first part of our fun little two-part crossover with Nightwing and Superman. I mean, they've been teasing this since uh, Nightwing 83, where Superman's like, "Up, oh, I want you to talk to my son. And now it's here. Now we get the crossover. Now we actually get to see them interact. So um, I'm going to steal from Rob and uh, introduce our team as the usual suspects. You know who they are. You love them. <laughs> Written by Tom Taylor with art from Bruno Redondo. Colors from Adriana Lucas with some additional inks on the flashback from Jordi Tarragona and letters from Wes Abbott. The issue begins with a flashback to a, I don't even know what period this is because it looks like it could be Rebirth, but Nightwing's wearing his new 52 suit, so I can only assume he decided to be stylish for this very special occasion of trying to locate Superman's son uh, and decided to wear his Red Wing outfit as opposed to his Agent 37 outfit. Nevertheless, they are able to find John, who has been hiding in a cave uh, after deciding to practice flying and getting lost and got scared. So he decided to wait in the cave until someone could find him or something like that. But the purpose of this scene really has been to introduce uh, the early relationship of a younger John and an older uh, Dick Grayson. And now, flash forward to the present, John is older, Dick is even older, um, <clears throat> And we get to see what that relationship uh, is going to be now that John is stepping into the role as Superman. Uh, what was interesting for me is that this issue picks up, I mean, literally directly from the end of Superman, Son of Kal-El, number eight, where John has just fended off the monster. And uh, unfortunately, two members of the Rising had died in his attempts to save Metropolis. So John is feeling all kinds of guilt about it and decides to pay a little visit to the Fortress of Solitude to speak to an AI version of his Krypton, which I'm going to steal a quote from later in the book that Jay makes. That is very weird, and John's life is very weird that he can speak to an AI of his father, but nevertheless, John doesn't seem to be able to find the comfort in that that he was hoping for uh, and thinks that maybe he could just have some solitude uh, in the meantime. Kellex being uh, a lot more human than Robot apparently decides that Maybe this isn't the best thing for John to have right now. Maybe it would be in his better interest to have someone there and decides to pay a little visit to someone who might be able to cheer him up in a city called Bloodhaven. Uh, showing up at Dick's apartment. Oh my apartment, god, you said it right. I did say it right, just for you. Um, <laughs> but showing up at Dick's apartment where Dick is having a, I guess, a 
mid-afternoon nap with Barbara Gordon. Uh, he awakes to find Kellex petting Bitewing uh, and immediately goes into defense mode because he does not know why a strange robot is petting his adorable dog. Uh, nevertheless, he is able to <laughs> see that it is not some strange villain, but is uh, Kellex who has come to uh, recruit Dick's services because John is, of course, all in his feelings right now and needs someone to talk to. Then Dick, of course, realizes that he had made the promise to Clark and has not fulfilled on that, goes into panic mode for a little bit, but uh, decides that first thing tomorrow he's going to make his way to Metropolis uh, to pay John a visit and hopefully cheer him up some. But meanwhile, what's going on in Metropolis? Well, we catch up with an old Titan friend of ours, Risk, from the 90s Titans. Oh, boy. Remember them? <laughs> Remember the Jurgens mm. Titans? I do. I Unfortunately. don't. Unfortunately. I wasn't alive. Um, but uh, <laughs> Risk is, um, is uh, currently fleeing Thanks from that, some of... Thanks for that, by the way. Yeah, her, <laughs> Risk is, is currently fleeing from some uh, very aggressive members of the Rising who seem to be hunting him for no other reason than they can, and he's Titan's fodder. <clears throat> um but are able to get the upper hand on Risk, uh, unfortunately killing him. So I'm sorry for all the 90s fans of the Jurgens Titans. Risk is now dead, leaving only Argent and Prism as the remaining members of the Jurgens Titans, given that yes. uh, hot all, streak all and now Risk fans. are dead. Yeah, all <laughs> seven of you. All you have left are Prism and Argent, so... Yeah. Good luck with that. Hey, Arjun um, was a cool character. She probably could have been drawn with more clothes on, but Arjun yeah, wasn't yeah. a bad character. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why she's still alive and the others are, like, expendable. Uh, but anyway. Because she looked um, at Starfire and said, why are you so overdressed? Yeah, and, and decided <laughs> I can play that game, too. Um, if JRPGs have <laughs> taught me anything, it's that less clothing means better armor. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> the less that you wear, right. the more you will be protected. Just look at Red yeah. Sonia. Um, exactly. But, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Metropolis, uh, John, I guess, has decided that uh, he's done with the Solitude game and decides to pay a visit to his boyfriend, Jay, uh, to find out uh, a little bit more about the truth. Uh, and Jay informs him that he is actually on his way to a new meeting for the truth, uh, specifically to meet the truth's new investor, Lex Luthor. And then John freezes because he can't believe that shit. And then he's like, ah, I was razzing you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's someone else. Um, which was which was hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, they decide to meet the truth's actual investor, huh? none other than Dick Grayson, of course, surprise, surprise, uh, who is very pleased with the work that the truth has been doing, um, but has one little request that maybe it might be better if Jay not wear the mask because it's kind of hard for... You know, people to trust you if you're wearing a weird green rubber frog mask. Um, but, you know, John steps in and says, hey, hey, it's for not just his protection, but for some people close to him. Um, and we also get a fun little cameo from Ari and Wink from the uh, from the Suicide Squad, who are also showing up in a, in a Nightwing book. Uh, so fun little suicide connection there. Um but as Culebra, uh, Ari, and Wink are my three favorite characters from Taylor's Suicide Squad run, and I love yeah. that we get to see them and and carry on throughout the universe. That was awesome. Yeah, they're. I don't they're need Jog. In, in... Jog can stay away. Jog. But the rest, of them, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Tom Taylor's uh, going to guarantee they're going to show up in, uh, in every one of his books that he's doing, even if it's a medieval fantasy book. Um, but anyway, uh, Dick Grayson, <clears throat> seeing that uh, Jay and the rest of the truth have some uh, business to attend to uh, with the newly discovered dead superhero Risk, um, decides that, hey, maybe now is the best time to, you know, get out of here and uh, definitely not go to investigate the dead superhero. I, I don't have a part of it. I'm just Dick Grayson, the investor. I, I, but I hear Nightwing is on the case. Uh, but before he gets there, uh, he decides <laughs> to leave John a little message, letting him know to meet him at the crime scene. Because, of course, Nightwing, being a detective, knows that a mask isn't going to fool him. He knows it's John uh, being the bodyguard next to Jay. Uh, but... Mm-hmm. Dick and John are on the scene investigating the case and uh, just have this incredible moment where Dick is doing exactly what I had hoped he is doing or hoped he would do, which is being a mentor to John and teaching him the ropes of how to be a detective and how to be a superhero, mm-hmm. looking at the scene and saying, what's not here? What's missing? You know, what can you deduce from this? Um, when Oracle chimes in, to inform them that it's not just Risk who was killed, but a number of other young superheroes who have been uh, getting their asses killed across the universe. Um, And that's when John decides to really put some of those detective skills that Dick's been teaching into practice, tracing a mysterious, uh, I guess, trail of energy that has uh, been leading from where the uh, attackers were moving um, and traces that directly to its source, None other than LexCorp. So, what did surprise, you guys think? Surprise, surprise, surprise. Yeah, what did you guys well, think? Well, it's funny It's funny that you introduced this comic that way because my very first note here is that it's quite the smooth transition from Super Sons to World's Finest Sons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't have Damien here, but we do have an older Robin with an older John, so to speak. Uh, I think it's a great team, and I love that even writing them together by the same guy in the same book, they retain their individual voices. This is great. Give me more. Uh, I want part two. Can't wait for it. 8.75 out of 10. It, it was it was everything I wanted. It was everything I wanted um, and everything I could have hoped <laughs> for. Um, based on this crossover. So I don't know. It was like, it's hard to really complain or or give a lot of notes about it. It was just kind of satisfying. Like my hope was Dick will be a mentor for John just as Clark was a mentor for Dick. He's doing exactly that, right? Like my hope is Mm -hmm. that in the next part, we get to see more of that where he's like, you know, maybe John's feeling a certain kind of way about the lives that were lost in the Metropolis attack. And Dick's like, hey, the two I've been in this situation before. Yeah, which you were like, eh, who cares? They did it to themselves. You know, fuck that. Well, I mean, for uh, real. It's the Gamora Corps. If, They're bad guys. If, Sometimes if, if bad Josh, guys die. If Josh was Superman, his 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 words of advice would be, eh, you kind of did it to yourself, you clowns. Bye. Yep. And then flies off. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it was it was just, I don't know. It was just so great. Just seeing um, just those interactions between John and Dick. And I, I couldn't agree more that despite um, Tom Taylor 
being all over both Superman and Son of Kal-El and Nightwing, both characters maintain their own voices. They still feel like they're distinct characters, but they're interacting in a way that I think is is exactly um, fulfilling the promise that had been set out of um, Dick mentoring John. Um, so I'm just I'm hoping that you know it's a small little crossover, so it's uh, it's it's nothing grand and sprawling. But I'm hoping it's just a really satisfying arc for the two of them. You know, John kind of learning how to work with some of the older guard of, of heroes and, and Dick just continuing to be a great mentor um, to, a, to a new hero. So yeah, 9 out of 10 for me. I don't, I don't have a lot to complain about. I don't no, have anything to complain about, really. Not a lot to complain about, really. about at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nothing really. Redonda was great. This book was just beautiful oh, yeah, to look at. Of course. As has been the case throughout this entire yeah. Nightwing run so far. It's just been gorgeous art. And yeah, I, I wasn't even going to talk of... about it because it's like super apparent at this point. Cover's yeah. great, art's <laughs> yeah. great. You already oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, you guys have already said it. It just, for me, it meshes wonderfully with John's story, what's going on in, in Son of Kal-El. It's just perfect. It's, yeah, there's, there's nothing else to say but praises. It's just so good. <laughs> uh, 9 out of 10 for sure. Uh, the little cameos that you get from various characters i i didn't read a lot of or any really of jurgen's titans run in the 90s but i was alive to remember it and when i was a kid like it was it was the new teen titans when i was a kid so oh, it's so cool and i always thought they were cool characters so to see uh, risk just getting shit on so hard <laughs> it's a little hard <laughs> but yeah well was, I mean uh, I, I kind of cool this up. is gonna sound this is gonna sound horrible and probably prove Brandon's point a little bit more but I was like Haha, they killed the invulnerable guy by drowning him oh you're so mean you're yeah. so mean uh, wait how uh, else would you do it Realistically, I mean, you could have picked one of the other two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just saying, we're gonna kill uh, the invulnerable guy. Yeah, I'm genuinely curious if anyone is. I mean, I don't want to sound like a dick, but I, I'm I'm genuinely curious if anyone is is kind of sad at this. Like, oh man, they killed Risk. Um, serious. Uh, like, I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not even being. I'm not even being facetious or anything. I genuinely want to know. Are are people sad? Because I want to know how many fans there actually are of this era of Titans. Well, we can ask the fan that exists. Um, Dan Jurgens, how do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> well, considering that he created them, he might uh, have a, a bit of a biased opinion. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Just a little. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah if, if I it was a, my it score, was a... though, 9 out of 10. It's a fantastic book. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, it was. Super excited for part two, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's it for the books, huh? That is it for the books this yeah. week. Um, now so it's we will our make time. our way to mm-hmm. the top three, or our top three books uh, for this week. Uh, before we make our way to the biggest stinker and potentially uh, some uh, choices on or off the dump list. So to start us off, J. 
Josh, why don't you tell us your top three books for the week and, of course, your standout moment? I am going to go like this. I gave number three to Nightwing. Uh, it's in the top three, and I don't even have to give a reason why. Um, I put uh, Aquaman the Becoming at number two because I would say that he is now officially Aquaman. Um, there's no pretending. There's no people just calling him that. I mean, he's being literally recognized as Aquaman, and I dig the hell out of that. Um, and then number one, I gave the Batman the Night. This one only got first because it kind of rewrites some things that were pretty meh about year one. <laughs> um, this issue is so sick with lots of hope for the rest of the title. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I couldn't decide on a favorite moment. Um, in Flash, Irie asks Wally what they will do, and he answers, the only thing we can do, honey, get ready for war. He didn't say run. Huh. Which I can't even... Oh, I'm so thankful that that yes. cheesy-ass shit did not show ah. up here. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing we can do, Pinky. Try <laughs> um, and take over the world. Exactly. Uh, that that part uh, it, where um, Superman says... After they find John, I'm not sure what worries me more that you're accidentally going to offer a smoke bomb to a child or that you're going to throw a lollipop at the Joker while you try to vanish. Yeah. <laughs> and then Batman says, I'll move them to another pocket. Yeah. Hey, but, hey, but at least at least this is this is this is good because it establishes a, a solid continuity that Batman truly has kept lollipops in his belt pocket for a while. Because we did see that yep. in Urban Legends, and I was like, "Oh, we hey, sure did. some some things don't change." Nope. And then my third favorite moment was Dick getting out of bed and having on Batman lounge pants. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think I think Barbara wins the award for best T-shirts in this uh, in this oh, series. Yeah. She always she always oh, has the yeah, best sure. T-shirts. I still haven't forgotten the one of the bat slapping Robin meme. I don't even know where you would find that in the DC universe. Right? Uh, that was awesome. Yeah. Well, that's it for my best. Yeah. Um, as for me, uh, in third place, uh, uh, definitely to to uh, to my satisfaction uh but also a, a bit of a surprise um i had detective comics 1053 again just solid stuff i think and it feels like it's getting better um than than where it had, it had mm -hmm. kind of dropped off at some points uh at number two i had a, and i know i'm not supposed to but i had a two-way tie between uh aquaman the becoming and flash both were just amazing and um really digging both directions uh, for Aquaman as well as Flash. Um, but at number one, to no one's surprise, it's of course going to be this way. Nightwing 89 won my heart, won the week. It was amazing, uh, and I loved it. And it was, it was exactly what I'd hoped, uh, or exactly what I hoped we would get out of uh, a team-up between um, John and, uh, and Dick Grayson. So 
I'm just really satisfied. There were so many moments that I wanted to pick from Nightwing. Um, Dick, there's a robot petting our dog. Um, just a <laughs> yes. moment of uh, Dick kind of instructing John how to do that. Your life is weird, which is what Jay says to John. Um, I also wanted to pick some of the just kind of great one-liners from Green Lantern, but I think ultimately I had to settle on um, Jay razzing John and saying that his new investor was Lex Luthor. That one got a laugh out of me. That was yeah, that, that was, was that was pretty funny. good. That was pretty good. Just the the way Redondo captures the shock on his face, priceless. Yeah. Just like what? What did you just say? <laughs> what? Right. Uh, how about I you, would Rob? love to see Taylor and Redondo do a Justice League book. Uh, oh man! I would love oh, that. that would be so great. I don't want him to leave Nightwing, but that would be so no, great. That would be. Maybe after Decos, he'll have some time open. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know if Rondo can Redondo can do two monthly books like that. That's hard. Yeah. So maybe maybe we can get a compromise and we can get um, Tom Taylor and and. Uh, the incredible Daniel Sampier after he's done doing Dark Crisis to do Justice Ooh, League. Sampier. Or Dexter Soy. Or Dexter Soy. Love yeah. to see him do Justice Hell League. Oh, yeah. Or Dan Mora. Or Dan Mora. Or Dan Mora. Yeah. But I, I don't want him to leave World's Finest too soon. I want him to I want to no. stay on that book for a good little while. Um, but so anyway, many Rob, how about right you? Now, so many. Uh, I know, uh, right, I know. so my top three, I had, at number three, I had The Flash, uh, and number two, I had Aquaman The Becoming, and at number one, I had Nightwing, uh, for pretty much all the same reasons, they were fantastic stories with fantastic art, and just fantastic issues all around, uh, I think all of us had all of these in our top three in some fashion. Um, or at least top five. Josh, I'm not sure if he had Nightwing, but yeah, yeah Nightwing it's... was in there. Flash didn't yeah. quite make it, but it should have. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was just yeah, perfect books all around. Uh, and yeah. I'm also uh, kind of stuck between two favorite moments. Um, one from Aquaman to becoming just Jackson going crazy on that that one guard. Oh yeah, uh, that was a great and, moment. Yeah, that flash of Black Manta over yeah, his face right. was just that Ugh. was that was dark and deep and exciting, uh, and a little funnier that got a good laugh out of me for a few minutes was uh, again <laughs> uh, with Kellex visiting Dick and Babs after Dick throws the Escrima <laughs> sticks, uh, mistake and Kellex catches it. Mister Grayson, you threw this in my direction fast. <laughs> right, you, that was a pretty dropped, good one. You too. dropped this yeah. fast in my direction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was, I loved that. Me and too. Yeah. There was a lot of good lines, a lot of good books this week, man. Oh yeah. But I guess that brings us to the biggest thinker. Whoa, oh, that was nasty. cool. Oh, yeah, that was very cool. We can hear it this time. <laughs> All right. Who made well, your right, guest list this week? Yeah. <laughs> uh, tough, tough call. Um, 
Have you, um, I don't know. It was kind of hard. I, I put down. I really yeah, I I put down one because honestly, I've been taking some Mylanta a lot lately. So I just gave it the, I gave the stinker to the lowest score, which is only a seven point five, and that's definitely not too bad. And that, from a good book, I I put on my stink list: Detective Comics. Yeah. I guess by that metric, mine would be Green Lantern. Uh, again, it's, you know, there's still points that are messy, but honestly, I had a lot more fun with this issue with just some some cool moments um, that I that I kind of dug. Um, so I, I can't even really say it was a stinker. It was just, you know, not the best. Yep, really. I'm there by technicality. Uh, I, I went a little bit of a different direction, and... Quite honestly, when it comes to digital release versus physical release, I haven't actually been to a comic shop in a long time, and I don't know how accurate League of Comic Geeks is, so I'm not entirely sure if this issue came out this week or not, but my information says it did, uh, and honestly, Robin's number four. We're not covering it, but it's the story's getting kind of stale for me. Yeah, I gave it up. Yeah. It was... It was... It just stopped being interesting at issue two. Mm. Yeah. It, it seemed like an interesting idea, but I think I would have preferred to read any other book on the Round Robin tournament over Robins. And I'm a huge Robin fan, but this... Could have had that uh, Kyle Rayner book. <laughs> you know? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Would have uh, shown a bright light on a dark corner of the DC universe. I would have taken anything from the Kyle Rayner book to JLQ to literally anything else other than, other than the Robbins book, but Hey, whatever. Yeah. You know, I don't get to make that choice. Universe infinite app. Got the final vote and y'all fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe we should uh, maybe we should call Rudy Giuliani see if there was some election rigging there. Oh my God! Did you just say Rudy Giuliani? They did. <laughs> well, you know, just say maybe there might have been some uh, some some voter influence there that uh, that somehow got Robbins the the vote. I I can almost guarantee <laughs> that uh, I think DC just had the the book picked from the beginning. But I'm yeah. not one of those people. <laughs> and if you say Rudy Giuliani, I all I think of is Borat too. Yes. Oh, <laughs> so was that a boo at Rudy Fuck Giuliani that, or, a boo at, or a boo at Borat too? Yeah, I was oh. checking my cell phone. <laughs> oh my god. Remember when everybody liked him? Anyway, we don't Some need to worry about that shit. <laughs> oh, God. People like... Wait, I'm confused. Are you talking about Giuliani or Borat? No, I'm talking about Giuliani. <laughs> People liked Giuliani. <laughs> yeah, once upon a time, you're not old enough to remember. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, shit. Apparently. <laughs> <sighs> well, speaking of people that I wish we could dump... 
Uh, let's <laughs> go on to our, our final segment for this week. Uh, our dump list. It, uh, it sounds like I don't think there's anything. <laughs> Jesus. It's fucking sound effects. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't think there's, <laughs> I don't think there's anything that we want to, um, add to the dump list this week. Is there anything we're thinking about no, taking man. off? I think you guys have mentioned uh, wonder woman. Oh yeah, Wonder Woman is definitely off at this point, man. I love it. It's 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 so much better than the whole Pantheon jumping thing and the bullshit that we had before that. This is Wonder Woman has just gotten to be epic. And awesome. I love it. That's awesome. Officially off the dump list. Congratulations. Yes. Welcome back. Brandon is really unhappy that I got the soundboard working again. (laughs) Oh no, no, no. I, uh, I, I love it. It's, uh, it's giving me joy. Great. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this week. Uh, unless there's anything else that I missed. Nope, I think this will carry us till next week. Yeah. And that's great. Well, if you would like to support us further, please visit buymeacoffee.com uh, forward slash NAR podcasts uh, for, again, a one time donation or a subscription for all access uh, to our podcast as well as other content. And of course, you can visit the newly updated uh, notarobotpodcasts.com for all of our episodes and our other shows. Um, we're on Substack now, so uh, maybe expect some newsletters in your future featuring uh, reviews or anything else that we uh, choose to publish and send out to y'all. So uh, with that, there's only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time. Be good to each other. And don't be a robot. And happy one year anniversary. Woo. Yes, sir. Yeah. I think this was an excellent episode. Gentlemen. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> what is this? Oh, my God. This is the outro we always have on the podcast. <laughs>